Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Episode 96. We've made it to 96. We're four out from 100. I'm going to be away a significant amount, Nick. I hope we plan it out where I'm here for 100. We'll have to do that. How's yeah, it going? so you're, I know you're gone 97, 98. <laughs> So then we'll get those done without you because intern Ben is rocking everything on the production side and Evan's got my back when it comes this to this wasn't even part of it. Let me do this real live right now because you're right. The next one and two I'm gone. So 11th and 18th, mm-hmm. the 25th I'm back, which would be 99. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gone on 100. So Ooh. we're going to have to figure that out. We're going to have to take one week off or double Such up. Just double. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say do, double do two half episodes no. in one night. Well, yeah. in all seriousness, we may talk about it. We may try to shift and do it recording on Saturday or something or Sunday of that week. Mm-hmm. So that way we can get it in because it'd be weird. I'm like, no, I'm not yeah. here. 100. Okay. That was a weird intro. So I want to say this episode 96, we've made it this far. And now we are presented with this episode by Cosmic Disc Golf. Check them out on their Instagram at Cosmic Disc Golf. Super easy. And their website, CosmicDG.com. Shop for your disc golf needs there. Have a cosmic day, everybody. All right. Paul Kranz. Amateur world champion on the show. Was it last week? I think it was last week. Or was it two yeah. weeks ago? It was last week. No, I think it was. No, it was two weeks ago. Okay. Because we had Bradley Williams on. No, was yes. he before or no, after no, no. Brad? Was, he was before. <laughs> he was before Brad. So, so we're all messed up with nowadays. vacation schedules. But yeah. here's the deal. He's oh, on yeah. our show, remember? And I was like, hey, who do you want to be sponsored by? And Nick, you go, it's Matt. Who else is it be? Look at his shirt. It was wearing the shirt. Discmania. And if you re- watch Simon Lazat's. Most recent vlog, I'm giving it away. I, I don't think it's a spoiler by this point. 100,000 people have watched it. At the end, he pulls out a little contract and goes, you want to be on the pro team of Discmania? And so congrats to Paul Kranz. I, I know it has nothing to do with our show, but can't we just have fun thinking that people that come on our show have good things happen to them? <laughs> Whether it's winning a tournament or... People winning. Yeah. yeah. Let's just, let's just yep. go with it. Come on. And just people show. having a good time in general. Right. Uh, Kingdom. Kingdom. VR streaming of final round at Idlewild. Now, I'm going to bring in, we got Evan here. Can you go three up, Ben, if you don't mind? I bring in Evan because he wanted to talk a little bit about this. I do I do a fair amount of VR stuff with work as well. This, to me, sounds like, the this is the Disc Golf Pro Tour announced it. You put a headset on, you, you get this app, and you're going to be able to generally, it seems to me, like just watch the stream in a virtual environment. Technically, it's probably together with other people. Like, you could probably look to your right and see another, like, uh, character of Avatar sitting next to you or something. But, like, you're going to be watching on what I would call, like, a big screen TV, but in an environmental, uh, an environment, like, a different environment. So, yeah, pretty much exactly that. So, that sounds like an interesting announcement. Well, intern Ben, everybody. He's in his own unique environment there. Already in his own VR world. <laughs> so, King Dome is what it's called, but it's VR. I think it's cool that the Pro Tour is willing to dabble a little bit with this. I'm sure it brought in some money. Um, yeah. yeah. It, I'll say it's really just an alternate way to watch the broadcast. If you're yes. watching on DGN, if you're watching Final Round on YouTube, it's all the same. That doesn't change one exactly. bit. Uh, DGN is just sharing their broadcast directly with kingdom as far as i know and then kingdom's kind of environment will also be broadcasting it's just like if the, the the game was on espn they're also putting it on espn 3 online exactly in fact 
you can already do this kind of. There's a YouTube app inside of the metaverse, if you will, or inside of the app store for the VR headsets where you can just watch YouTube inside of your headset and you can, it feels like you're in a big home theater or a, a big large theater. And so you can already do that to your point. So it's not really anything revolutionary, but it's cool to see people getting involved outside sponsorships in this way. Mm -hmm. So if, if I had a VR headset, could I just sit on the couch with that on and watch it on that? Like, is that, is that how mm -hmm. this works? Mm -hmm. I believe you do need to buy a ticket. I think mm -hmm. it's $2. Mm -hmm. So it's not too oh, expensive, okay. but there is some revenue. And, and, and no, but current yeah. DGN subscribers are free. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, so, all right. So I've got a if free. I'm wrong, that's not accurate. So don't that's hold me fine. to it. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's My buddy's got a VR set and I'd be totally curious to like, watch it on a vr set i don't know maybe the experience is more real well it's not more real it's like you can be wherever you want and watch it like hey i want to sit on yeah. mount everest and watch like you can do that kind of stuff but like yeah what i, I we're getting a little bit off here go ahead Evan. I, yeah i just want to i think kind of the point is and i have never dabbled with this so i don't have the experience mm -hmm. in it though but uh you it's people like going to sporting events because they're watching it with other people True. They get to see that excitement they kind of uh, just get to be around other people. It, the uh, avatar will do that so, a little bit. Yeah, it, you're kind of like just watching it with other people's avatars in the same space. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's also like a whole marketplace to like deck mm -hmm. out your avatar exactly. and stuff. So you could right. buy jerseys or whatnot. You could have a exactly. Simon Lazat jersey maybe in this uh, could, universe. Could you imagine if you could like walk around like imagine if you could walk down the fairway or like imagine you could stand oh. on the t-pad <laughs> yes, you know what i mean Nick, like that is actually the future you're right like you will be able to do that and i was just gonna say hannah you might remember let's bring it hannah Macbeth. everybody <laughs> yeah. i forgot uh we didn't forget she was here but let's pull her in for four up so hannah welcome to the show by the way you are our fourth host tonight we are glad to have you thanks okay. for having me okay so I was going. Your AirPods sounds so much better than whenever I've done AirPods. First of all, can we just real quick go to a big screen of Nick Carl? Okay. Oh gosh, why? Nick Carl, that's my rug. Can I have my rug back? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Take it, take it whenever you want. I keep forgetting to move it. You, you can have the that's mirror too. I don't. Rug. I don't need it. Uh. Oh, whoa. <laughs> 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 For, those <laughs> For those of you who didn't know. <laughs> They're in the same house, and so Hannah just walked across to Nick's room, which was really funny because Evan had no clue, and he's like, "How is that happening?" <laughs> that's awesome. That's a, that's a nice rug. Absolutely, that's, that's fantastic. I got no use for it. That, that's a good I was gonna one. put it underneath yeah. the basket, sign on the training facility, so my dad's still her up. walking in. Okay. <laughs> You got to check that out on the stream. If you listen to audio, that's really a funny setup. Maybe we'll actually clip that out and share that with the yeah. world. But where I was going to this, do you remember? It's got to be back, Hannah, like 2018-ish Memorial Fountain Hills. I happened to be there, and I was going around with a little tripod and a camera. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, your 360 camera? Yeah, see, okay. Yeah. If you go, and this is just for anybody who's really into, like, nerdy kind of stuff. If you go and search YouTube and say 360 DGPT, like say Memorial Fountain Hills, like it's on their channel and you can actually scroll around and like look around while plays are happening. I actually went out there and filmed a lot of content for that. And what was neat was you can actually put on a headset and look around mm. like you're in the gallery. So I think to me, that's like the next step that Nick's talking about more immersive. Um, I really like that feeling. And in fact, I think I did it at Maple Hill too. So you can be at Whole One's T-Pad. Check it out, guys. Go check it out. It's really neat. 
You can stand at hole one's tee pad and see Ricky Wysocki tee off, but you can look anywhere you want while that happens. You can watch the crowd. You could watch oh, him. Yeah. You can turn your head as he's throwing and look around. So if you guys haven't Dude, I, done it, check it out. I feel like they would make, if somehow, whenever that gets invented, like any sports industry would make so much money to where like, if I went to Wimbledon, say I had to pay $50 in a VR set mm -hmm. or a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is for a tennis match. I have no idea. Um, like I could be on the court Nick, essentially. It, so NBA, so they, did how, like, they did this yeah. for the finals. They did this for the finals. Did yeah. you see that advertisement? Like you could yeah. put on a headset and have tickets courtside. And like people and that's like complain about like Maple Hills parking and not being able to get to watch <laughs> hole four because it's too wooded or, you know, obviously yeah. plenty of other courses. Yeah. So I think the experience is going to be really cool. I've, I've said that, like I said, since 2018, I said, this is how I want to watch disc golf. Like I can look around like as if I'm a person in the, the stands. It's really neat. I so, just think it'd be so cool. I'm like so hung up on it right now, but I just think it would be so cool to <laughs> we'll come make back. my avatar just walk down the fairway yes. with like watching the pro card at European Masters or Problem European is Open. You, you would have to be like a drone and that's how you do it. And you're just zinging around like as if like, oh. okay, that would be even cooler. I'd be going like 50 miles per <laughs> hour like, going down the fairway. I'd be following. Yeah. Dude, I'd be following the disc. I could like video into Terry and be like, yo, Terry, oh. I just flew down there. His disc is out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> like DGN, I'm just talking this about the future right now. Control, dude. I'm I'm about to call whatever tech people in the world want to get in on this. We're clipping this whole used, section, and I'm going to become a billionaire. A, uh, I used to have a screenshot of a Smashbox TV episode comment where they were talking about this and drones and how like drones are starting to deliver packages and they're starting to do all this stuff. And one of the comments was like. The next thing is going to be drones suspending uh, viewers <laughs> over the course yeah. so that nothing's ever in their way. And I screenshot it because I was like, this is the craziest thing I have ever read. It's and so I recently deleted it. Oh, that's so sad. And things that, it would have been mean, perfect for this moment. Exactly. It could happen. I mean, maybe we'll have our own personal drones that we ride yeah. in, though. It's I've seen that. That's on YouTube as well. You can actually oh, ride boy. inside yeah. of drones now. Anyways, we're fairly off topic, and I don't know how much time we're going to have to get back on schedule here, but that that conversation can be wrapped up. We can put that, a pin in it for another time. But uh, Evan, you're a big, I say big, you like the MLB. You're a baseball fan. Mm -hmm. Ricky Wysocki had the first pitch for the Cincinnati Reds against the Mets. Not that he was pitching against the Mets. But did you get to see the clip of him doing that? No, I haven't okay. seen it yet. I did hear it was a it was a little bit outside, and the catcher maybe didn't make the best catch. I don't I, I don't know anything more about that. <laughs> so first of all, let me just tell you, the catcher I believe was Blake Schaefer. I believe yeah. that's who it was oh, of nice. the LWS yeah, yeah. Open, the guy who's yeah. the main guy there. Uh -huh. And so he's not going to catch a ball unless it's perfect. Okay, perfect. Yeah. and even then, I'm, I'm going to rip on Blake then. Okay, come on, Blake. It looked like Ricky was generally okay with his throw. There's just like a social clip going around somewhere with it. Yeah. But let me I ask. I, yeah, I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, so let me ask. I'm, I'm pitching this one to Evan. Pitching this one to Evan. Wow, that was on that accident. That was good. Wow. Easy there, Terry I'm Miller. Pitching this one over. That was a really nice compliment. Thank yeah. you. I'll take the Terry Miller compliment anytime. Uh, pitching it over to Evan. And is this a big moment? I don't feel that way. What do you think? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I think it's a it's a big moment, it's something to be excited about. And so in that case, it's big. If this is like a monumental thing, like disc golf has made it because one of our stars has thrown out the first pitch. I don't I don't think it's quite that. It is a cool moment, though. Like, I'm I'm jealous. Ricky got to do that. That's awesome. Sure. I'd love to go out and throw mm -hmm. first pitch at any stadium. 
Uh, so that's an awesome moment. Super cool. His photo was on the uh, big screen out in the outfield. But, you know, first pitch in baseball at just a regular regular season game during the week, like at a Cincinnati Reds game. No offense to these people, but it's going to be like only a few thousand in the stands probably at the uh, first pitch time. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> it looked kind of empty. <laughs> yeah, still cool. I wouldn't call it totally monumental, uh, but yeah, yeah, hey, it's cool. I, I applaud him. I think I think it's a cool step in the right direction, just in like the publicity aspect of it. One of my favorite things whenever I watch the Celtics game is when they go around to all the famous people that are, that are there. So you see like Dave Portnoy, Robert Kraft, or Paul Pierce, whatever. All these people. Like I'm waiting for the day that a disc golfer is like at one of those games, and all of a sudden the camera hits them and says, you know, let's just say Ricky Wysocki, two-time world champion or something like that, ranks number two in the world. I don't know, just be cool. It'd just be more publicity, which. I think can't hurt if it's good publicity. Yeah. And I want to go back. I'm being Matt Graham on the show. And I said, I don't think it's a big deal, but I want to say, I think it's a cool thing. And I like, I would be jealous of Ricky too. Like that's not, I I'm glad you teed it up that way. Cause it's a cool moment. And I think it's epic special for Rick special for the event. Uh, it's great to see PDGA up on the board, which I thought is funny. It said on the big board up above, it said professional disc golf tour, which I was like, Something seems off there. PDGT. I was like, <laughs> but it's like a play on not saying disc golf pro tour, but here's the professional disc golf association. And it's the tour, if you will, of that, which makes sense. Um, so that was cool. Hannah, have you ever thrown out a first pitch at any event or a first kick or anything like that? Um, No, I think Me. the closest feeling I've had is just being Paul's wife. <laughs> yes. Every day is a first pitch. I don't know what that means. No, but. it's like going to events and being able to see all the behind the scenes and stuff. And yeah. True. Uh, but, True. Um, like UFC, I've seen your, some of your social media. Is that a little bit of a back, like back room experience? Like you get to figure out what's going on behind the scenes? Yeah, we've gotten some stuff. Uh, we've gotten like tickets to games and um, tickets to fights and things before. We've gotten, we got to go in the octagon, which by the way is actually really gross. <laughs> There's <laughs> like just blood and bodily fluids everywhere, like when you go in there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was an interesting experience, but um, no, I think it's cool that he got to do that. I mean, why not? People are going to be watching that game that are disc golf fans and they're going to mm -hmm. be like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where they're like, <laughs> like at yeah. the screen. There, like, there oh, will be guy. People. Yeah. There will be people who finally, yeah. you know, they discovered disc golf yeah. because of that moment. I'm sure. Okay. We're behind here a little bit. So let me just move into our last intro item. A lot of fun has happened though. Like epic fun has already happened. I'm going to watch it back just the first 15 minutes. Gannon Burr, everybody, if we did judge that disc golfer right now and I said, how many aces do you have to Gannon Burr? What's his answer? Don't like think, think about it. Think about it. Gannon Burr, how many aces do you have? He's been playing since I think he said like nine when we interviewed him and he's 17 yeah. now. So about eight years. He's excellent, throws far, really quality disc golfer. He just got his first ever ace this week on GK Pro Skins match. That is not a spoiler. If it is, he spoiled it himself uh, yesterday, but we're just reporting here. First ever. Does that surprise any of you guys? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, 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 it's got to be off of like first ever, like first shots. There's sure. no way he's never thrown it in on a second shot, third shot, anything like that. Sure, which I get probably. it. You don't, you don't count those as aces. I get that. But like, that's insane. It's, I don't know. Cause if he was on Judge That Disc Golfer, I would have said, 
12. He's been playing that long and he's that good. I would have said 15, 20, 30. Yeah. Like, I think I have over 20. So, well, Nick, we're not, not as nearly good as, as good as him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I said the Frank, I'm not nearly as good as him. Hannah, how many aces yeah. do you have? Three. See? And then Anybody a couple, can like, have aces. Rowan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, well, just messing. I mean, to his defense, the like, heck? <laughs> just Gannon, messing. Gannon got good probably quickly. And if he's playing like courses above his skill level as he's getting better and better, and then all of a sudden he's 16 and playing on pro tour courses, uh, like you're, you're not necessarily playing your pitch and puck course for yeah. the fourth time that week. And so like, that's where I feel like people can get a lot of aces. And so playing very yeah, difficult still, courses, like I, it still is surprising. When he, yes. when he goes out in the off season, practices courses in his local area. Like, I don't think he's going out to Ledgestone every week and practicing at Eureka, like, or well, Northwoods Black. I, I mean, come Iowa on. like has some dude. good courses. So I don't know if they have like ace runs, <laughs> yeah. you know, on every yeah. uh, course, like every course has one or two ace runs. Like it, if it's a yeah. 350 foot wood shot, like that's a hard ace to get. So if his course is a bunch of those, like, yeah, he's going to birdie almost anything, but to get the ace on like a 350 foot wood shot, like that is hard. Not a lot of people yeah. do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't have any over 300 feet and I have like eight or nine aces, but yeah. Anyways, that's a whole nother topic. We yeah. are behind. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go five minutes behind schedule here, which is okay. And we're going to go to USWDGC recap. Evan, you take this away. Give us the, the, the stats, the facts, whatever about this event, how it unfolded. You can even give us a spoiler of who won. That is okay. But All right. We, did, we had no, right we had no MPO, so the, take it away. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll get right into it. As we probably all know, Haley King takes down the win. This is her first major of her career. She had five Elite Series wins going into this event, although she had zero podiums on the year. Uh, only finished top 10 in about half of her events was kind of a little bit of a down year from from Haley's kind of perspective but turns her right around gets the major win she's the 26th woman to win an FPO major uh very incredible uh right behind her was Val Mandahano who made an incredible run uh in the final round had seven birdies in a row from I think two through eight that would be uh made it exciting to the last hole made some made a big circle two putt to make Haley at least get par on the last hole uh, own Scoggins was right in the mix. I mean, we all know her as a great putter. This was a shorter mm-hmm. course, kind of plays to her skills. Uh, she she won an FP40 major last year, and here she is competing with Haley, who's, uh, what, 20 years old, uh, competing with all these other super young women uh, who are just getting into their primes, and here's Own just shredding just alongside of them. I loved I love that Own was in the spotlight like that. I just yeah. feel like she brings such a fun energy, but as a true competitor at the same time. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evelina Salonen had a great tournament. I mean, I think she finished in six. She was putting super well. You know, she went back to Europe for a couple weeks or a month, uh, comes back, looks great. Her putt was working. Uh, I think she was like 91% C1X in the first round. Kind of started falling off a little bit. And by the final round, she was kind of back to her early 2022 self, missing a lot of putts, but she was right in there with it with the rest of them. Um, Still had a great tournament. Uh, Katrina Allen gets a top 10 finish, yet another one at a major for her. And Paige Pierce finishes down in 21st place. That's her worst finish of her career, which I think kind of says something to her status that 21st place is your worst finish of your career in FBO. You're right. You can look at it. That's how that's the glass but half like, full. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what Paige would do, right? That's what uh, Paige would do. So yeah, unfortunate for her that she, she was on lead card in the first round and then kind of just, we didn't talk about it the rest of the week. Unfortunately, it was just not her week. Um, 
But what an exciting week it was. Uh, I think this was this was one of the best disc golf weekends of the year. It was so exciting. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think that was a fantastic yeah. recap. Uh, to me, the excitement. How do I say? It? I love close battles. So you had that pretty good going into the last round. But I loved 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 and i get pumped up for valerie since waco when we had her on and i'm like i'm a big fan like i get pumped up like seeing her go i'm shooting for 12 down and i'm kind of disappointed i didn't get the 12 down but i went like Mm -hmm. 10 down or whatever it was nine was it nine down i think it was nine down nine yeah and but to hit that last putt to like get within one stroke i don't care if Mm -hmm. that was like to be within 10 strokes hit that last putt with that focus and intensity uh, Valerie fan still here, still growing. Hannah, what was your takeaway? What did you love the most about the event? Yeah, I agree with you. I think the courses were probably what I loved the most. I felt like it was a good mix of scorable, but not easy. Um, you really still had to understand the lines and the fairways. The first course, very attainable birdies and pars um, if you had mistakes. But there was that new pressure, right, of having to throw a good shot off the tee. Um to score. And there was that pressure of like, that we don't really see that on tour. Um, And what I mean by that is on tour, especially at preserve, you have to throw like maybe four good shots or five good shots. And if you're, you know, in the top 10, top 15, you throw one bad shot out of five on a par five or one bad shot out of four on a par four, you can pretty much scramble and still get your birdie. Um, but out here it was that like, no, right away, you've got to have a good shot. You've got to understand the greens, the tee pads, the placements, the winds, the conditions. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I think, uh, that it drove the entertainment value of the whole thing right up because there were distances that all of the women could obtain, but it wasn't easy. Like I said, you still had to choose the right disc. You had to still play golf. Um, I know that's been an issue in previous U.S. women's where they've tried to, for lack of a better word, uh, simplify the courses for the women's division. And this one, it just seemed like the style of golf suited the FPO where they were at. It was great to see, you know, on hole 18. I know they talked about it. Um, the ace was possible for Val. Like that was something that she could have gone for and there wouldn't have been as much punishment um yeah I don't know I just really liked it I think that was my favorite part the other thing obviously just being like the difference in women every single day like the mm-hmm. first second third and fourth cards were all like changing and everyone was still in it um yeah that yeah I like your insight because you were there competing so that's yeah. why it, I really like your insight good times <laughs> to drop in a quick stack because Hannah was just saying that the second third and fourth cards were changing every day the first card did not change uh, since uh, after the first round, the lead card was set and it stayed the exact same through the end of the tournament. That's the first time that happened at a four round event since 2016. Uh, and the yeah. first time in a major since 2015. And kind of the ironic thing is both those years I just mentioned, 2015 and 2016 uh, had the same card. It was Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, Val Jenkins and Sarah Hokum. And none oh, wow. of them were on this group. So it's, it's four completely new women doing it for the first time yeah. since then. Uh, very cool to see. And one of those women was Maria Oliva, which I didn't mention earlier. She shot 12 down in her second round. That's mm-hmm. the best score to par on this season for FPO. So very cool to see like 12 down. Like that's a good number. And I like seeing that. We don't see that often in FPO. We see it a lot in MPO. And that says a lot to kind of the courses that we kind of see designed for each division. So I agree with you, Hannah. Right. I love seeing it. 
Um, she shot 31 points above her uh, rating. She shot a 973 on the weekend. And then I'll go to one more person, Aria Castorita, finishes tied for seventh. Uh, she was 42 points above her rating. So uh, wow, that's awesome. Incredible field again. Exciting yeah. event. Yeah. Notably, uh, Kristen Tatar not present and being mm-hmm. the highest rated. And I know that's a debate on whether that matters or not, but she is arguably the best or one of not there. Mm-hmm. That's a hole that's missing for sure. And on the mm-hmm. other show I do, League Night, which this is not a Monday night for us. We usually record on Mondays here. Yeah, it is so last night. You, it's usually swapped the other way. But last night on the other show, I, we were talking about this, and I, I put the other guys on the spot, Evan being one of them this week. And I said, would you have picked Kristen Tatar to win this had she been there? Um, and that was just an interesting conversation. It's, it's in hindsight, you can't. I mean, Haley won it outright, but it's just mm-hmm. an interesting thing. It's a big hole that was missing. All right. Mm-hmm. Great conversation around that. We're going to talk more about the event itself later on here, but let's get into this talk around this great product called Hempfield Botanicals. I'm going to see if I can get it to focus here. Hannah always tells me how. Hannah, should I put on the chapstick in any special way? Um, I I don't know the correct way, but last time you were on, I I put it on wrong, I guess. Oh, don't hold it like that. Stop. (laughs) The microphone's right there. You got to give them a little bit of a break. So, okay. So I just put on some some of this great product of the chapstick as well. It smells good. It feels good. And when you feel good, you play better. That's their whole mantra here. But this muscle recovery is my favorite. You put it on wherever you're sore. And if it's your whole body, you just do the whole thing. And it gets this cold feel to it, like an icy hot smells great again you feel good and you're going to play better and it's going to help you recover your muscles quicker they also have this salve this is a specific targeted pain relief where it's going to be where hey i need more i need more there and i looked at it right i'm no scientist but it has more cbd milligrams i guess guess is how they do that and so it's going to be more targeted pain relief or I guess, more intense muscle recovery, if you will. This product's great. I've been using it a lot. Um, My brother who runs hundreds of miles, he uses a CBD cream and he was asking me, Matt, tell me more about this product. I'm interested in checking it out. So if you're interested and you're already using a CBD product, give it a chance. Think about it. Give it a chance. Again, code Nick and Matt will get you 20% off your order. And they're supporting disc golf. They're supporting us. Consider doing that. Any closing thoughts on this product, Nick, Evan, Ben, Anna, anybody? I was going to say, so I went out and played a course that literally felt like it's called Jenkins Mountain Resort, and it was a very, very elevated course. And after two rounds on it, I was driving back and I was like, oh my gosh, my caps are like on fire right now. Mm. Luckily, had my Hempfield Botanicals with me in the car and was able to put some on after. And I love that kind of cooling sensation that it gives. And then the chapstick is actually in my kitchen right now. So <laughs> I use that all the time. Yeah, and, usually whenever I walk by it. And you know what? Samesies to me. Ben and I both Same-sies. played. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ben and I both played a course called Mountainside last weekend. Ooh, ooh, uh, yeah. So you can imagine that's kind of similar. Um, and then I, I hiked Wachusett Mountain, which might be the tallest peak in central Massachusetts. It's, for anyone outside uh, of New England, it's a hill, literally like oh, it's, it's a hill maybe compared like to anything else. 800 feet yeah. high. No, no it's 1,000, 1,200. It, it peaks 2,000. Really? Yes. Okay. 2,000 and still a hill. 
Uh, but yeah, you, you don't quite hike all of it either. So Josh, Josh but, runs marathons up those. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not Josh. I understand that, but I'm just saying I was doing a lot of hiking. I actually bet I did more hiking at the at, at disc golf at mountainside that I did. It's so said. funny, but either way, Probably. uh, yeah, I was in a little bit of uh recovery pain. So, uh, it was very helpful. And, and you came in second place. Let's uh, big go. shout out to Evan wow. Kearns podium awesome. finish. That is fantastic. Yay, Evan. So <laughs> whenever you like compare yourself to anything that's like super amazing, it's like I played disc golf and I shot two down. Yeah, you ain't no Paul McBeth. He shot 14 down on that. And you're like, what the heck? You're like, I know that. I just did good for myself. <laughs> like, all right. I don't think Paul McBeth has ever shot 14 down a mountainside. Maple so Hill. I, okay. I will yeah. take the record there that I've shot better than Paul McBeth has. Because that's like something played. I yes. would say. That's well, something technically, I would it's say not a record because he's never played it. Yeah. Okay. Dear Paul, <laughs> there's a course when you're in Massachusetts. Go to Mountainside. There's a course in Massachusetts you need to play at now. Okay. All right. Without further ado, we've made them wait long enough. We have in the show uh, lined up two guests in one, as in like the same camera, the same time. And the importance behind that is they are twins, as far as I understand. I've never met them in person. Jordan and Morgan. And I don't know if I have them correctly lined up on screen in my head. Like, who's Jordan? Who's Morgan? So we'll introduce them now to the show. Welcome to the show, Jordan and Morgan. We're happy to have you. Hi. Thanks for having us. Awesome. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. So we got you a little cropped in here, but we have two uh, ladies here on the show tonight. Jordan and Morgan. Jordan, can you raise your hand for me? So, okay. Oh, we have it lined up correct. That's perfect. Sweet. Good job. Yeah. So it was just a guess. 50-50. Jordan and Morgan. And we're correct. You're twins? You are correct. Okay. Nice. Awesome. Who's older? Yeah. Who's older? Morgan's older. Okay. So we're going to do a little bit of this introduction to figure some of these things out right here on the front side. So first of all, was it, is it true also that it was your birthday yesterday? That is true. Yes. Okay. So we tried to do a little research and like, that's what I found out. And so happy birthday. Um, you. you share that. Is that, was that the 5th of July? Yeah. Okay. 5th of July. Okay. Do, do you guys have like fireworks and stuff usually go off on your birthday? No. No. <laughs> okay. no. Oh, okay. All right. Just a guess. Same. I don't either. Yeah, me neither. Nobody does. <laughs> um, okay, so what's the relevance? Like, where did we pick you out of the whole disc golf world? I mean, I think there's something interesting just generally to the average disc golfer to hear, oh, there's twins who play. Okay, but then to see at the amateur world championships, you were at one point uh, first and second. Is that correct? At the amateur world championships during like round two or three? We were actually tied in first. Yeah, tied round two first. was tied. And then the next day we were tied in second. Yep. Okay. So you have a very similar uh, seemingly skill. I looked up also your ratings right now are only one point difference. And I know things have shifted recently with the updates, but like you are uh, 898 rated Morgan and 899 rated Jordan. And I think that's interesting because you also have your PDGA number which is one number separated. You guys did that on purpose, I'm assuming. Our mom actually signed us up for, we didn't want to sign up. We didn't want to play tournaments. So our mom made us get PDGA number. She did it all on her own. She didn't even tell us. She just really? Did, yeah. How come you guys didn't want to play PDGA tournaments? We just, I mean, thought disc golf was for nerds. We didn't really know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let's go. About disc golf, and so we're like, we do not want to do that. Yeah. But. She we're, signed we're up. Glad she did. 
Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, you guys are incredible at it. So now talk to So how long ago did you get into the sport and kind of like what, like, how did it come about in you guys' life? It was about three years ago. Like our local park got like a 10 hole little course. And so we went to Walmart and got the Innova starter set. And we played with that for like probably like two and a half years. Yeah. And, and then we've been playing tournaments for a year. Yeah. A year in June. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Nick, you asked that question. I looked it up and I, my, I don't want to say my jaw dropped, but they, their first tournament or their membership, I think maybe his first tournament, October, 2021. So literally just this last October is what I saw as your first event. And then since then you've competed in 25, I think it was events, not rounds. I think it was 25 events. Does that sound right? Yeah, something close to that. That's 40 weekends between now and then. You've done 25. That means there's only 15 weekends, which if my math's correct, you know, about four months in the last whatever. So the point is you were like, it seems like you're all in at this point. Does that sound right? Yes, we're definitely all in. Yep. So not for nerds anymore. No, it's for the cool kids. All right. All right. Disc golfers are the cool people now, right? All right, cool. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's like right so to be so clear sure. just gotta you know reassure myself that i'm not a nerd still so does no. does the name Macbeth ring a bell to you at all it uh, does we sounds familiar yeah okay. we watched a few youtube videos I'd okay. say. I, I was just gonna introduce we don't always have hannah on the show but tonight it made sense she does so much for the fpo side of the sport or just in general the female side of the sport but she talks that she has her own party uh, party podcast. She has her own podcast. And so she's a, a co-host tonight with us. So I'm going to let her anytime, Hannah, just in, interject and ask your own questions as well. But uh, do you have anything now, Hannah? Hi, Florida gang. <laughs> yeah. Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, long time no see. The last thing I said to them was don't get used to beating me because they both oh. beat me. A couple yeah. strokes, yeah. Yeah, lame. Yeah. Lame. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Are you competitive in nature like your whole life and or is this something newfound that you have? No, we've been competitive our whole life. Yep. We've always played sports, always been competitive. Yep. Well, how what about against each other? Yeah, hold, hold on, hold on. Um, against yeah. each other, is it always a comp is it like even more of a competition against each oh, other? Yeah. Even oh, yeah. more against each other, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so what other sports did you guys play growing up? Uh, we played softball, tennis, volleyball, basically any pickleball. Spikeball, anything. All right, is an absolute blast. Spikeball is fun. Yeah. Find, how did you find disc golf then? We were playing, actually, we played pickleball at our local park. No, and it said disc golf. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then they put in a 10-hole course while we were, we noticed they were building it, like, while we were playing pickleball and stuff. And so we wanted to try it. We wanted to try it out, and we did. And we loved it. Nice. So wow. what, what originally made you think that it was a nerdy sport? Like, what... Well, what was bunch, the idea behind that? A bunch of like old dudes around our park were playing it, like not too many young people mm-hmm. until like after COVID and then like tons of more like young people started playing it. But before we were like, it's like an old man sport. Like that's the only people <laughs> we saw playing disc golf. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going to lie. My parent, my grandparents used to live down in the villages and all they played was pickleball and golf. And so if yeah. anything, pickleball is an old old person sport and yeah. compared to disc golf but yeah. anywho do you have a lot of courses nearby where you guys are at not too many no okay. we have to travel to get to the good ones yeah gotcha okay what, what's like the traveling like how far 30 minutes to uh, an hour or an hour yeah oh uh, okay gotcha something at least close by though to where yeah we have a good practice 
Porsche is like 10 minutes from us. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad then. Now, yeah. I think one of the, there's there's so much to be talked about here. First of all, your personality, I've only met you for a few minutes and I already feel like you're like type A. Is that sound correct to you? Yeah. Like, that's how people would describe you. Okay. And yeah. it's coming at me two times. It seems like, again, I'm new to meeting you. So to me, it seems like visually, like maybe I have two of the same people here. Cause I'm, I, I don't know you well. And my, my sister just had twins and I had to do the same thing with, I'm like, I'm not even sure who my nephews are yet. So I apologize. Like <laughs> I apologize that I'm comparing you in that way, but the idea I, I'm curious, like sibling rivalry, all of that is something, but I think something really interesting here is that you are twins and people talk about the special, like maybe connection twins have, you've probably heard that your whole life. Like, yeah. how are you playing disc golf almost exactly the same level? Like to me, like my brother and I could be very similar, like by separate by a year or two, but I don't see us like just playing very similar like that down to the, like the point or tied at worlds. Like, how do you think yeah, that I came to be for you guys? I don't know. It's pretty crazy because we're our styles are like completely different. Like she throws like mostly forehands. Mm -hmm. I only throw forehands like if I absolutely have to. I'm play mainly backhand, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. It yeah. So how did you feel at Worlds? You, did you feel the same way? You were like, hey, this is crazy. Was it was it cool? Oh yeah, yeah. it was much. But we like playing on the same card because then we can keep mm -hmm. an eye on each other. Yeah. What What do you mean? What do you mean by keep an eye on each other? I think I know, but. <laughs> show off and doing good then i gotta show off and do good i gotta do better <laughs> oh like so keep an eye on oh i see like don't let anyone run away with it you gotta i got you i like there exactly. you go. Um, i got a question yeah go ahead hannah all right so um with youtube being such a thing how what who do you guys watch to get better at disc golf like what kind of youtube content do you consume to like improve your game or to relax and hang out we watch like all the FPL rounds, especially. We watch your husband a little. He's got kind of the best form. Yeah. Yeah. We watch all the, we watch basically all the disc golf content. Yeah. Really? Nice. Okay. Like what's your, what what's like one recently that you've watched that's like so your favorite? Like you watched um, and you're like, oh, this was so helpful. USWDDC, we were watching all that. Yeah. I wanted to see how much. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And they played a lot better than we <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The, the top people tend to do that. It's kind of wild. Um, yeah. I was going to ask, totally had it in my head in a second. Um, so you said Paul has really good form. Who is someone that you, do you try to emulate an FPO's player form or have you just kind of figured out what works for your body and that's what you're trying to get better at? Or is there an FPO player to where you're like, I want to copy her form? Um, I wish we could I do Kristen's form, um, <laughs> but that's going to take a lot of work. But yeah, mm -hmm. our form needs a lot of work. Yep. So that's something that we're going to, majorly be working we need on. a lot more distance yeah okay gotcha and so i guess that brings in what are kind of your goals in disc golf in general are they pretty similar for you guys or do you have separate goals of where you see yourself in the sport uh we both want to be on the pro tour yeah as mm -hmm. soon as possible but we have a lot of work to do before we get there yeah gotta gain a little bit more consistency and distance like we said but yeah that's the goal wow yeah so i had that as a question as well i'm glad you guys just answered that so that's the goal um you just had your birthday we've been talking about a lot of young players in the sport and i think it's out of place to ask you what your age is but i'm just generally like <laughs> like I, i'm like stuttering here because i'm like what do i do but like we have some players who have haven't even graduated question. high school yet we haven't even had players graduate high school yet and i'm just trying to feel like is there any school or anything in your way right now work related or anything else 
No. No. Okay. Okay. So it's going all in. So that's what I'm going to say. Like, so is this, has this become a very, we, I already asked, like, are you all in? Yes. But it's like, what does this look like on the week, like weekly or daily for you guys? Are you playing leagues and tournaments? I know you did recently, but like, what does it look like for you? Um, yeah, we pretty much play a tournament almost every weekend. Um, every day after we work, we go play at the local course. Um, so yeah, pretty much disc golf has taken over our lives. Mm-hmm. Because you like it so much, as in like it's fun for you, or you see it as like a career opportunity or a blend of both? Both. We we definitely love the game. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Hannah, you said you have a question. Yeah. So how long um until how long after you got into disc golf did you realize how many women were playing and the opportunity for women's disc golf? Like how many sorry. You know, when you play other sports, like if you grow up playing softball, you know, like, well, oh, I want to just like make a college team. And then if you play soccer, you can play like I grew up in Massachusetts. So the dream is like, oh, I can play for the club. I can play for like the Boston Breakers or like, you know, MLS or something or WMLS. But um, how like how soon did you figure out all the opportunities that there were in disc golf? And like, how did you figure those out? Well, after COVID, like disc golf seemed to like blow up like crazy so we were watching all the youtube stuff watching everything and we're like man this is like getting really popular our local tournaments in florida don't have too many girls so i think it's been like watching events like on youtube yeah to really see how many girls are actually into it but Mm -hmm. yeah i I love that yeah go ahead we're we're all so excited to ask questions yeah go ahead was was there sorry was there um an fpo that you met like this past weekend that you were like, oh my gosh, like the, I'm oh, starstruck. Matt. Oh, Hannah McBeth. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you can't Kat say Mer- Hannah. Cat Merch. Cat Merch. Yeah, okay. really? Oh, cool. What What is it about Cat Merch that, it, and like, it, whether it inspires you or excites you, what is it? Well, I got to play around on her card and I was a little bit nervous at first because she's like, you know, a great pro. And then... Just like watching her dance down the fairway, singing the entire time, having the time of her life. Like it was just fun to watch that. And she she's pretty good at disc golf too. So it yeah. was really fun to be able to play on her card. Yes. I love her competitive drive as well. I, any interview, she's like, you, you, you don't know what's coming. You better watch yeah. out. And I always love that competitive yeah. drive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Nick. You talked, you talked earlier about how you're headstrong. You're fully into the sport now dedicating your time to it. And one of those things is if you want to make a living out of it, you got to start accepting cash. You just played us amateurs. You just played us, uh, or excuse me, amateur worlds. So are you on the point now where you're going to accept cash? Or are you going to try to do kind of like the amateur and pro life together, but not accept cash? Nope, we're done with amateur. We're going pro. Yeah. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Going pro for you means playing an FPO. Is that what you're saying? Like your intention yeah. is to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We've had that conversation right now in previous episodes. That's the nice thing right now about disc golf is you can just choose to be pro. Like, hey, I'm going to be pro. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think you you both are demonstrating, it seems, that you, this is what you want to do and you're going to do it and you're going to get better. And I think placing the way you did at Am Worlds, just like we had on the uh, Am Worlds, um, what do they call it? Advanced One Men's or whatever it is, mixed at Am Worlds. We had Paul Kranz on the show. You guys were so close. And I say you guys, by the way, I'm from New England. That's something we say up here, you guys. 
Yeah, I meant to say that earlier. I was like, I kept saying you guys, and that's just something in New England we grew up saying. And so if that it's offends okay. you. okay. They know me, and I've said that to them. Okay. Times, okay, so. you guys. I need yeah. to get better about saying folks or everybody or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, y'all. You know. All right, yeah. a little off topic there, but I, I think it's really incredible to see that. I love the story of you both doing that together. Um, this might get, like, in different side of disc golf, but, like, when it comes to being a twin, that's an identity thing. What's the craziest thing someone said to you in regards to being a twin? This doesn't have to be disc golf related. It could be, but like, what's the craziest thing? I don't really know. I don't know. People Do ask they, us all the time if we're twins. Like, yeah, we're twins. They ask us that. <laughs> what's the What's the next follow up question? What's the next follow up question after like you're twins? Like, is there something they ask you? Like, oh, can you read each other's minds? It's gotta be or, like, who's older. Like Oh yeah, do you feel each other's pain? Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. Do you have a secret talk? Like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> None of that. No. Can you will nice. some? Can you will the others putt into the basket? You're like, come on, we're out of the will basket. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the basket. I kind of, I kind of want to understand the feeling in the sense of your sisters, your twins. You go out and you compete. I would say at this point, a hundred percent of your tournaments together. And you're obviously in full support of each other. Is there ever like a, like a dang it. I wish I won that tournament. Like, just talk to me about like when I'm competing with friends, I'm rooting for them to do well. Cause if I, I I want to win, but I want to win with everyone playing their best because I want to play my best. And so how does that, you know, cause you have to be supportive of each other, but at the same time, like you also want to have the mindset that you want to win every single tournament. So talk to me about just like how that's been in your amateur and professional career I'm so far in disc golf I, I support her winning second place that's it i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll support her in second not her gotcha. the, okay. the tournaments were trash talking the whole way back in the tournaments were trash talking but yeah okay, okay. and and but during the tournament we don't talk to each other yeah no and, and okay, this is interesting. Like you don't talk, you don't talk at all. Or you don't obviously you're not talking trash. But like, are you like, how are you on the course together? Is it you know sister sister? You're just hanging out, having a blast, and you guys are you know playing disc golf together, or is it a little bit more like, hey, we're in a tournament right now. Like we got to put our game face on and we're ready to play. It's tournament mode, but yeah. I mean, we we talk, but it's not yeah. like when no trash talk or anything. It's no yeah. talking about the shots because she thinks I'll get in her head. All business, nothing like that. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right. That's when so it, interesting because uh, the only other sisters that disc golf has really seen come up and stay is like the Mandahano sisters. And they're the opposite of you guys. Like they're very like, they're like this and they're not twins. They're just like very close in age, um, but they don't trash talk each other. They will, <laughs> if they play together, they're like together all throughout the course. Um, it's so interesting. And then you guys are like, Eh, like you guys play more, yeah. I think, than them. Like they, uh, they're yeah. lame. <laughs> we well, get a little content creation battle going on between the Manahano <laughs> sisters and the Lynn sisters, and just siblings in, siblings in disc golf. We've talked about it for years. Who is the best sibling team out there? Um, one of the questions we actually just kind of had rolled through the chat, and it was on my mind is sponsorships. Any manufacturer sponsorship? Any company that you want to be sponsored or, by? Are you sponsored, that kind of looking are, like? are you sponsored yeah. right now? Are you sponsored? Um, we're sponsored by Infinite right now. Okay. But we're looking at Discraft. Yeah. We are okay. looking at Discraft. 
Gotcha. Is that, do you throw, even being with Infinite, do you throw mostly Discraft in your bag currently? I throw all Discraft and one DGA disc. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. What's your favorite, I mean, for your play styles, what, what's kind of your go-to disc on most uh, courses? Zeus is my go-to forehand disc. Zeus and Hades. Okay. Nice. Very yep. cool. So we Very saw cool. with the Amanda Hano sisters, as Hannah just brought up, that they split ways when it came to sponsorships like they were for a while innova then it was discraft and innova and then it's dynamic discs and i think it's still discraft but mm -hmm. the point is switching but i remember that break being like "Ooh, i wonder how that felt so let me ask you that question you said both of you are infinite was that a package deal and i'm not i'm not throwing you out there like that like as a package but my point is like how do you feel about that what if somebody gets offered a sponsorship how is that gonna how, how are you gonna deal with that uh, I don't really care if we get sponsored. That's great. I don't think either one of us care if we're like on the same. I mean, it'd be cool, mm -hmm. but I don't really care either way. Mm -hmm. Well, as you say, you could do what the Manahanos did, where half of the RV that they have is wrapped in DD <laughs> and half of it's wrapped in Discraft. Man, I think it's one of the coolest RVs out there. So, I mean, it works out. Um, how about, you know, in the content creation life, do you see yourself, you know, as social media people who are trying to grow in the social media space, really get your name out there? Or yeah. you're trying to kind of lay low a little bit right now and your name's popping out because of, you know, you're doing so incredible at these big tournaments. So how do you feel like your social media aspect in this golf is? Yeah, I think we, we're doing better at social media. Yeah. We're not like undercover on social media, but we don't post like a ton. We're not like influencers. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Now, is that something where as your career progresses, do you see yourself becoming more of an influencer in that stage? I mean, there's... There's the people who do the, you know, what would you throw Wednesday, every single Wednesday. And it's kind of like, okay, that's just really? saturated at this point. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or just like, you know, like for me, you know, when I post, it's usually, you know, if I want a B tier or a C tier, you know, a tournament like that, I get to make a post. I'm really happy about it. And then a couple other posts here and there are mostly stories, but yeah, I mean, do you see yourself going into that? Like you got to post every single day and it's got to be about this. It's got to be about that or just more. No, tournaments just, and the yeah, good stuff. The good stuff. Yeah, the good nice. stuff. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> two two more one, one more question and I'm throwing it over to Statmando. Uh if you don't know who Statmando is, they pr procure a lot of stats for the pro tour uh and you, they're really incredible and we happen to be lucky enough to have them on our show every week. So, but let me get the first question out of the way. I always ask new guests that I have no idea about just to get a little different feel. What are hobbies that you have outside of disc golf? Is it reading? Is it video gaming, fishing? Like, what is it? Any other hobbies? Definitely not reading. No, we fish. Um, we fish a lot. Um, any other sport. But, yeah, definitely not reading. No video games. Nothing no. like that. Anything outdoors. Yeah. Okay, so disc gotcha. golf is taking all your time right now. There's no other hobby right now that is taking any of your time? Fishing. Okay. That's about it. Yeah, nothing else really. All right. Gotcha. And now let me throw this over to Stat Mando, Evan Kearns. Uh, I don't think we have official pull up here for him. So you can just go to full screen on Evan. And Evan has a stat that I think he wants to share. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to light some fire. So uh, <laughs> oh I have you guys playing uh, 65 total PDGA uh, sanctioned rounds. Uh, no X tiers or leagues. Um, 65 rounds together. And I have Morgan leading 30 to 28 with seven ties and that's broken up by rounds not necessarily by events but wow. i will say jordan you do have the biggest win uh that is a 14 stroke win at uh round the, one round one at the parkham at markham 
So, <laughs> super close battle. I thought that was cool. That is cool. Uh, yeah. That is cool. That's that, that is pretty much split. It's it's showing you the way it is. It's like their numbers, their PDGA ratings, the event at Worlds, their actual stats that Evan just provided. Uh, that's really fun. So if you've never seen the Nick and Matt show before, which I'm not putting you on the spot to say yes or no, we have a game called Stat or Fiction. And Evan provides us with a statement, and we have to guess if it's a real stat or if it's made up. And so are you guys cool to join that game with us right now? Let's hear it. All right, let's do right. it. All right. Well, not, I feel like for oh, how competitive oh. they are against each other, we need to have them on separate teams. Like that's uh, there's no like way. It. Like I'll I'll let her take my spot, and you can just put the points for Jordan or Morgan right. on mine. And it's gonna look funny, but then we'll go for it. Give it give it Ben intro. Okay, so as Nick just said to clarify, uh, we're gonna do Nick's points are for Jordan. <laughs> And uh, the other screen that's listed for them will be uh, Morgan. Okay. Cool. You got that, Ben? All right. Here we go. Evan, take it away. All right. So <clears throat> we are on to Idlewild. Um, and uh, we've seen a lot of unique winners on MPO side. And we've seen a lot of uh, maybe dominance on the FPO side. So I will go into this. Four players... Uh, this is both MPO and FPO have picked up their first elite series win of their career at Idlewild. Okay. So the sadder fiction is have four people done that picked up their four different people, four different. Well, yeah. Cause if it's their first, career and this win, is concluding FPO and MPO. Yeah. MPO and FPO. So a total of four, only four different is what he's saying. Is that stat or a fiction? Yeah. Their first career elite series victory of any elite series stuff. Oh, it's happened four times Four different people. That's what you're saying. Um, I, Nick, you can go, but we're not going to give you points. Um, I want to say stat. Okay. I'm thinking out loud here. FPO has realistically two different winners that I'm aware of. Widboom being one. That would be first. I think. Oh, don't say, don't give, don't give them hints, I'm man. Leaving them down what the are you doing? I'm leaving them. They knew that one they're saying. So there we go. And then I won't speak out loud on the MPO side, but. I'm going to say fiction. I'm going to say stat. Stat. I'm not copying you. Yeah, stat. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they both said stat. So Nick and, yeah, there you go. So, no, under Nick, Ben, it's going to be Jordan. Okay, you got it? All right, here we go. Yeah, All right, that, that looks see. good to me. And this is a stat. Oh. So the four <laughs> players that have picked up their first Elite Series win of their career at Idlewild are James Conrad, who won in 2017, Kevin Jones, who won in 2019, Ellen Widboom, who won in 2020, okay, and Kyle Klein, yep. oh, who won in 2020. That was so Kyle's first? James, that was yeah. his first Elite Series win, yes. So Damn. James Conrad was the only one where I was like, I don't know if he's won something beforehand. I'm thinking I'm like, I'm going through literally every single tournament. I'm like, I don't know if any of them were Elite Series, but all right. I know yeah. there weren't repeat. Won, Not that my yeah. points matter. Conrad but. won MVP after Idlewild and then his two majors after as well. Uh, Kevin was. Jones, it was all after as well. I think it might have been that same year. Uh, Elwin Boom, her one and only. Uh, and on the other winners, Paige Pierce has won four out of five. She won the first. Well, she won national mm -hmm. tours even before the Pro Tour started. Same with yeah. Paul McBeth. And Eagle McMahon, this was, I think, his third Elite Series win. So that's what I was doing in my head. I'm like, okay, da, 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 I'm going through, and I was just rolling the dice, but I had forgotten about Kyle and uh, Kevin Jones. Anyways, 
Yep. They're, they're, they're tied up. One to one. I have zero. Nick would have one if we're actually tracking him. So here we go. Question two. Or All right. Two. Now hopping into Ellen Widboom's special win in 2020. Uh, it's her only Elite Series win, and it came with a six-stroke comeback in the final round with her having the hot round uh, of the whole entire field. That is all true, and here is the stat or fiction. This was her one and only Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite hot round of her career, being that 2020 round three to take down the win. Who was that again? Ellen Widboom. Oh. In 2020, when she had the massive comeback, had the hot round, won the tournament, that was her only Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite hot round of her career. Oh, that's the stat or fiction. Yes. That this was her only. I feel like I'm, I could be leading you down the wrong road, people, so don't listen. But I feel like around that time, she was doing pretty well. She might have had another. I'm going to say fiction. That's my answer. All right. Uh, Jordan, you're up next. I say fiction as well. So that's under Nick. <laughs> There okay. Ooh. They're trying to good for her. Trying to spread. Okay. Take it. Take I was gonna say stat as well. All right. So this is fiction. Uh, she had another hot round that year at D Glow, which Matt, I think you might have been on it. Uh, around the same time, she had another hot round. She finished in second at that year's D Glow. Uh, she was playing super well uh, around that time. I, so I had that, I don't want to say vague recollection, but that's about as good as I could do. I wouldn't have said D-Glow, but I knew it was right around there. So yeah, okay, cool. So uh, Jordan's leading everybody right now to, oh, Nick, you actually would have gotten that correct too, but no, we're not. I said stat. Oh, that's right. So she's leading totally two to one on everybody. All right, here we go. Usually right. the third question is the final unless there's ties. Yep, and Jordan's got the box this round too. That's which right. Works out well that's with right. her leading. All right. Uh, Haley King won her first major, so by that also her first U.S. women's. And with that, Haley King became the ninth unique player to win U.S. women's in FPO. Ninth unique winner. Uh, do, you, do you need to read that again, Jordan? You good with that? I say fiction. Wow, she's either really good with her history in disc golf or she's just rolling the dice. All right, Morgan, you're up. I got to go stat. Yes, our our the, chat loves the her. fact. Yeah, the yeah. way we play the game, they love it. No, they actually are always like, "No, don't do that." Yeah, yeah. I think they hate it when you and I do it like that. Okay, Matt. okay. All right, uh, Nick, what do you think? Um, I not gonna lie, I was looking at the tournament coming up, and so I did not catch the question. I feel like well it's, but I, I'm gonna go stat. <laughs> but I'm gonna go stat. So you said nine yeah. unique winners. Uh, yeah, that's the Hillary stat or fiction. Being the ninth, I, I'm gonna say. Oh, of all time at U.S. Women's in FPO. Right. It used to be like back till 2010, but this is just all time general, right? Uh, yeah. 1999 was the first. Okay. Year. The reason I'm asking change. is because I'm like recency as in the last 10 years. No, you're not having nine winners. I don't know how far back you have to go, but if you go way back, uh, what do I have to do to tie up here? <laughs> I would have to say stat, but. But your all time records. Don't forget those. Yeah, I feel like I have to go stat because of all time. I, that's, I don't know the people's names and all that, but that's what I'm going to say, stat. All right. So if this is a stat, it's, all, it's a three-way tie. Yeah. If it is fiction, Jordan takes it down. And it is 
fiction. Oh, she takes it down. Look at that. Uh, wow, three for three. <laughs> so Haley King was not the ninth player to win. She was actually the 13th unique player to win U.S. Women's. Uh, it's It's been around for uh, over 20 years now. Um, but oh. there has been a lot of unique winners. It was more winners. It was more winners, yeah. right? So, so you have all the people you'd expect, like Juliana Corver, Des Redding, Elaine King, Val Jenkins. I said it backwards. Kind of the modern okay. era of Katrina Allen, Sarah <laughs> Holcomb, Paige Pierce, Kristen Tartar, and Haley King. The people you might have not known that has won this event is Leslie Todd, uh, Angela Shigfrey. I'm, is that right? I'm always bad know. at pronouncing that. There's a T in front, so I always feel like I have to pronounce it, but I don't think you do. Sarah Cunningham and Hannah Leatherman have all won this event mm -hmm. as well, and that is 13 total players. Wow, I think I answered it incorrectly, but that's okay, because honestly, I that's my own fault. But that's incredible. Still Jordan would have yeah, lost. Still would have lost, exactly. It doesn't matter. <laughs> to put it politely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to put it politely. <laughs> bluntly, not politely. And, and Morgan's over there crying. No, she, I'm kidding. She's not crying. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. What was the stat I gave right before this? That's that right. was that was PGA sanction rounds. But if we include that with stat or fiction, it is now tied 30 to 30 <laughs> oh with eight ties. Oh, like stat, man. <laughs> All right. I'm going to count it. All right. So uh, let's go back to the interview setup, Ben, if you don't mind, as we get ready to close this out here. So it's fantastic having you on. Tremendous guest. Your personality, I believe, is going to shine and radiate to everybody, whether they're watching or they're listening. Um, where can people check, like, find your social media or anything else like that? We didn't list it for both of you because it wouldn't fit appropriately on our screen. But if you don't mind and you want people to follow you, let us know how to follow you. Instagram, yep. Morgan T. Lins. Yep, Instagram, Jordan underscore Lins. Okay, there you go. Awesome. Uh, we hope the best for you at your future mm -hmm. competitions. And if you ever make your way up to, we always say this, Maple Hill, the world renowned Maple Hill, that's where we produce out of the same town. And we'd love to get in around with you. So let us know, hit us up and uh, awesome. you guys have a great evening. And we look forward to watching you out there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Take it easy. Thanks for coming on. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow. So that was a blast and a half, I think is how it used to be said when I was younger. Blast and a half. Uh, wow. Hannah, reactions. You met them in person. Did they communicate same over the air like this? Yeah. <laughs> I think like it's exciting to be able to ask um, people who are just getting into the sport, especially because of COVID, all of the different questions, because we've been we talk about them all the time like those kinds of people who are now so quick to compete and they're just like obsessed with the sport and they got into it because of the covid boom so yeah, yeah it was cool to be able to pick their brain a little bit yeah it's different I yeah I, th I think that's one of the coolest things just about disc golf in general is it allows that competitive aspect whether you're playing novice or you're playing pro you can still go out and compete and have a blast. And so I think yeah. getting out of high school, getting out of college, when you're done playing those sports, you know, for school and everything like that, it's finally something to where it's your own sport. You're practicing on your own time. It's not like you're playing a men's or women's softball or baseball league, whatever intermediate or indoor soccer or stuff like that. It's just such a fun time to actually be able to go out and compete still have that competitive nature. Yeah, for sure. So we made it to this point in the show where I want to talk about another awesome product I've been using Max Wax and 
I've told you since the beginning that I believe in this product right out of the gate, but how could I do that without using it a lot? But I believed in it just the way I did with Evan Kearns and Sat Mando in the beginning. I was like, you're on the show. I don't even know you, but it sounds good. I'm not saying I have great judgment here. I usually don't. But DG Max Wax, and I'm saying this, I'm getting it out. I actually am using it now like every round, many shots, especially as the summer ramps up. And I'm going, I'm using this more than I thought I would actually use it. I always love the product. But now I'm like starting to have it be, uh, I don't know, my my blankie. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I got to go over and get a little DG Max Wax, get my fingers just right. Um, they have the mini citradelic smell. We all we always joke about how good it is and it's uh, calming and gets your your focus right. And then they have the Snapstick. This is Evan's favorite product. You know it. Snapstick. Um you guys still using this product as much as I am? I'm just loving it more and more every week. Yeah. So I've actually really gotten into, like, I have a resistance discs whale sack. And so, and it's not something, I was never really a huge whale sack, chalk bag, birdie bag. I've had a couple of good ones in the past. But now it's kind of perfect because when it's super humid out, I get to use the chalk bag or the whale sack really quick and then throw on the snap stick right after. And it's just kind of like that perfect you know, it, it fights the humidity very well, which I appreciate a ton. Uh, Evan, you always talk about the snapstick just being able to carry it in your pocket nice and small. Is that still like how you feel about it? I've actually changed it up. I move things around and now I got a nice little uh, kind of pocket in my bag uh, to stuff them in. I actually have two uh, in there. I had one go through the laundry, but it actually is still working great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, now I just stick them in there and it like they're the perfect size where it just kind of uh, kind of sticks right in there and doesn't fall out uh, small enough that it kind of can tuck in a, uh, a spot that not a lot of things can fit in. Uh, so easy to grab, just get some, put a, a little bit on and then uh, play the next hole. If you like the product, take a picture of it, tag us, let us know that you found out about it here. Use the code Nick and Matt at dgmaxwax.com. Leave a good review on Google or your pro shops, wherever it is that you're getting it. Let them know you like the product. Let them know you listen to Nick and Matt show. Use that code. All right. We are here, the crowning moment. That's another kind of play on words, I feel like. I'm just kind of on accident doing this. The crowning moment. We have Haley King. Welcome to the show, Haley. We're glad you're here. How are you doing? Got to change the name. Ben. <laughs> yeah, we, we still have Jordan and Morgan's name up there. I don't know. Did you get a chance at all to meet them at this event? I did not. I saw them play a little bit, but I did not get to meet them. Okay, so they yeah, were just on the show. And two together type a they were finishing each other's sentences very fast and just really out there and we just had their names left up when you got on so i apologize but welcome to the show so first of all the most important question of the evening Haley, when you're on the road who watches the cats my siblings back in charlotte uh my twin sister my older sister and then my twin sister's boyfriend okay do you have nice. any separation anxiety for yourself when you hit the road like for you <laughs> no, but my cats do. <laughs> but my cats do. Awesome. So congratulations. So since the post-round interviews where you're like, hey, I'm still processing, but we saw a lot of real, raw, I believe, reaction and emotion. And, you know, have you been able to do any other processing since the win? And so, like, what stands out to you the most now at this point? What is it, three days later? Like, congratulations. But what stands out to you most about that win now? Uh, I'd say what stands out the most is I just had full confidence in my decision making and I felt like this is the first time I've actually thought clearly on a disc golf course for mm -hmm. 
the entire tournament. Wow. Where do you think, yeah, where do you think that kind of just, you know, you're working on yourself lately. You've in the past talked about just things going on in life. And, you know, I think in everyone's life, it kind of can sometimes get the better of them. But where does this kind of mental clarity, where, where did it come from? I mean, it really just comes from working on myself off the disc golf course, just focusing on my mental health and then just doing my best to keep a positive attitude to move that onto the disc golf course. I mean, I feel like there's not really a playbook on how to do it. So you just got to figure mm -hmm. it out. And for me, it's just trying to accept my emotions and move on and just learn from the moment, whether mm -hmm. it's a win or lose, find something to learn about it. Wow. Yeah. I love the fact that you just came out with that and said, this is what you believe is the first time you've had, what did you call it? Uh, what was your, what did you call it? You said all three rounds or all four rounds. All four rounds, just thinking clearly. And thinking clearly. Yeah. Okay. Thinking clearly. And, and I want to say from my perspective, I don't like to come into these things with pre presuppositions. Like I think I know what already went down, but I noticed that in you and on the other show I was talking last night, we were talking about what was it? What did it look like the keys to success were? And it seemed that stood out to everybody that there was something about that was different about this. And so how are you going to, are you going to be able to bottle that up? Do you have concerns or you feel like this might be a new page for you? I mean, I feel like it's definitely going to be a new page for me. This is my first actual big, big win. And I think from here, it's just going to learn. It's going to be a challenge for me to learn how to find that momentum again and find that state of mind that I was playing in and transfer it to other tournaments, you know? So just got to keep going with it, keep playing tournaments and yeah. Mm -hmm. Now talking about kind of, you're saying this is your first big win and this is obviously your first major win, but this is also your first win since switching sponsorships, which I think in a lot of people's cases, you know, it's really cool to see, you know, players move on to different sponsorships and then seeing success out of it, you know, and taking that time. And so it's cool to see you finally won this major. Are you finding, you know, more comfort in the discs lately that you've switched to? Or are you finding just more comfort in the people? I know like Jeff Panis was caddying, I think all four rounds for you. And I remember when we were all at Champions Cup, he was doing the same thing. Is it just kind of like you're feeling at home? You're feeling like everything's just kind of working out disc wise for you now? Yeah. So the hardest part of the switch for me was my putting because I putted with CT challengers at Discraft. And I noticed when I made the switch that I actually changed my putting style to the disc. And mm. when I switched from a challenger to a firefly, I was trying to putt the same and there was, it, it wasn't working out. And when I actually left before this last swing of tour that I did, I was putting every single day for like five hours, just trying to figure it out, trying to figure you know, go back to like my old putting when I was putting with uh, P2s, which is what the Firefly is. And I figured it out there and yeah. But now what was, what was kind of the reason going from a beaded putter to a non-beaded putter? Cause I don't think the Firefly is not beaded, right? Correct. And uh, the Challenger has kind of a slight bead on it, if I'm correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it has a micro bead. Um, I, I first started putting with P2s and that's what mm -hmm. felt most comfortable for me. So when I switched back to Innova, I was like, well, I love this putter. When I first started, this is how I became such a great putter. So I wanted to go back to it to, you know, try to get those vibes again. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It, it was definitely a big change, but they're good putters. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, awesome. And I don't think I introduced you to the show with Hannah Macbeth, but she's here also tonight as one of our hosts, so she might jump in and interrupt here any given time. Woo! Oh, there she is. Yay! <laughs> That's freaking dope. Awesome. What up, Miss Major Winner? What the heck? <laughs> Cry my eyes out. That was sick. Uh, what was working for you at the uh, at the courses? Because they were kind of they were a little bit different. They were very complimentary. I think a lot of people really liked them, but uh, was it like, oh man, you know, I'm throwing this one disc and it's working for me? Or did you feel like you could lean on your whole bag? Like, what was it about that part of your game? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I definitely threw a lot of different molds a lot more than what I was expecting, but yeah. Every single time I threw a forehand, it was either a peg or a max. So that made it very easy to step up to the shots and just know what this I'm confident in and how to move on from there and, you know, commit yeah. to the shot. I think when we talk about like women's disc golf and switching, we don't think about, or just disc golf in general, we don't think about like all of the thoughts that have to go through your head. Like not only were you just starting to compete and you were just starting to make podiums and take down championships and stuff. Then you switched companies and now you have to learn a whole different language to play the same courses. Um, so maybe you are comfortable on the team. Maybe you don't have nerves from like a gallery, maybe being on camera doesn't really affect you, but how focused are you on like overthinking with your shots? Like, was that something that you struggled with? Um, I know you talked about confidence. Yeah, uh, I would say my previous years in disc golf before this year, I was definitely not confident in my decision making and that led to yeah. a mistake. So there's that. But this year, it's like every single time I've stepped up to the tee, I know what I'm throwing. I go in my bag and I just pick the disc and then I'm, I know that's the disc to throw. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when you have a caddy, like I had Paul in my bag this past weekend and I talked to Lucky. Valerie actually for our podcast uh, and we kind of talked about the whole caddy thing. Um, I know that you've had success with caddies before, but in having Jeff as your caddy, someone who obviously understands Innova molds and flight patterns and everything, and he's been around Innova for a while, um, were there moments where you would come off of a shot, whether it was good or bad, and you could ask for his feedback. Because I know when Paul was on my bag, I would be like, oh, I missed that putt right. Did I swing across my body instead of like shaking hands with the basket or finishing straight? Um, I feel like maybe that's what I did. And he would be like, yeah. Or he would say, no, but you're putting too much. Like maybe I would go to throw a, a mid range instead of a fairway. And he would say like, hey, you know, if you want to throw that mid range, you've got to throw it higher. Um, because the flight pattern of that disc is this. So is that what caddying is doing for you? Or is it taking your mind off the course? Like, what is your relationship with your caddy look like? Um, the relationship with my caddy is basically to just carry my bag. And then when I want to okay. talk to you, let's talk. Uh, I, I don't like when caddies like tell me what to do or like recommend a shot because I mean, I'm here for a reason. I got here using my own thinking. So right. I want for myself, I want to continue to do it by myself. And if I do want feedback, they'll definitely give me feedback, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. how uh, the camera, the live coverage now has just been fantastic. It has been for a while, but I love how their cameras will focus in sometimes. Do you have that feeling that the cameras are on you sometimes or all the time? Like, do you, does that in your mo? Is that in your mind? You, you throw a shot and you're like, they're zooming on on my face right now. Like, do you, are you aware of that? No, that, that doesn't cross my mind okay. at all. So one of the moments, and I brought that up because uh, Hannah led into like your caddy and your relationship there. And I noticed at one point, like you went over and said something to him and I have zero idea where this was. It was somewhere in the round, probably near the end of the final round. And I remember you said something and his face was funny to me. He kind of raised his eyebrows and kind of like smirked, like, hmm, like maybe I'm not sure, but it was almost as if he was just like, you're playing. <laughs> Thanks for telling me, but it, it's an interesting thing to see. And I've also thought out loud here and it's, I'm not asking a question, but uh, Jeff is the um, dad or the father of Kona Panis. And I thought that must be unique for him in a lot of, a lot of reasons it's made for Kona as well. Yeah. Just really quick. I mean, has Kona said anything to you at all about that? Like, Hey, have fun with my dad caddying. Oh, we might've lost the audio here and I apologize. I'm trying to get it lined back up and I just realized it crashed for some reason. So sit tight. I'm going to work my little fingers as fast as I can and get everybody back in. Oh, I got it. That's the goal. Can you guys hear me again? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. They can hear me. Let's do a quick test. Can I hear you? Okay. I can hear you again. Okay. (laughs) Wow. It shut down mid, it shut down mid thing. And it was like, and it said, Oh snap. It's like, it just shut down. That's what it said. Oh snap. So what I was asking Haley, and I don't know if you heard this question. I said, uh, Jeff Panis is the father of Kona. And I was just interested if Kona has ever said anything to you, like, Hey, have fun with my dad as caddy or like lucky or anything like that. She said anything to you about it. She's definitely sent a lot of messages. Like we're friends. So it's cool for, I don't know. It's cool that my caddy is her dad. And yeah, she sent some messages like that, but it's all fun and jokes. Good. Good. <laughs> awesome. I just, I was just something that came through my mind and I'm Matt Graham. I wrote it down. I said, I wonder if there has, so that's cool. You guys literally um, stole all the caddy questions that I wanted to ask her, so thank you. I have a question. Well, you got up, Nick, and you so, walked out of the room. <laughs> in women, okay, I keep saying in women's disc golf, that's like the only disc golf that I really care about because it's like, you know. Um, I care about Paul, too. Fine. Um, anyways, so in disc golf, like media and entertainment is like a very real thing. So speculation is obviously a big part of that. And I know that a lot of people – take your career for what you've done and then what's happened to you this year. And they like try to speculate for entertainment purposes. And it's like all part of being involved in sports. Is there anything that you've ever heard said about you and like your career that you're like, that's like very wrong. Um, Because I think the number one thing that I always think is as people are walking down and walking, well, like, so Matt kind of alluded to earlier with the camera question, But a lot of people that have never been in that position before think that that's a factor when you're about to win a tournament. Like you're walking into the crowd. There's a lot of people around. The tension and emotion is really high. And you aren't one of those people to like show your emotions outwardly. So would that be something that you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that about, you know, professional athletes, but that's not really me. Um, does that make sense? So like, what's something that you've heard about yourself or about like professional athletes that you're like, that's not true for me because whatever. 
I mean, honestly, I don't pay attention to that stuff, so I have no clue. How about biggest misconception? I'm going <laughs> to relabel it. Question I'm going to relabel it. Yeah, I'm going to relabel it in a <laughs> little kidding. different way. It's not the same thing, but she said she doesn't listen. But biggest misconception: Do people have a misconception about you on, on something that you're like, it's so wrong? I mean, I don't know. Nobody ever says anything <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people, if you know me, you know who I am. And like, if you don't know me, I'm pretty chill. I don't know. Yeah. So there was a moment on Holy 18 for Val where um, she was like going to play Holy 18 out. And if she aced it, she would have taken the lead. If she buried it, she would have like given you some trouble or would have tied you or something like that because you were still on 17. And so the commentators were kind of talking about speculating, if you will, which is totally fine and within their right and kind of what they're there for um to a point but they were speculating like oh she's got to be thinking ace hmm. and val jenkins was on coverage and she's like i don't think she's thinking ace i think she's just like trying to throw a good shot and there was like this quick discussion about it so i asked val about it and she was like no i didn't even know what the scores were at that point i just knew that i had bogeyed a couple holes ago and then i wanted to finish really well and she's like when i was walking down the hill of 18 you know everyone's talking about like Oh, is she going to make this putt? Oh, this is such a big moment for her. Like, oh, and she's like, I didn't even know. I was just kind of frustrated because I could have taken the win and I just came up short. So it's like, that's a perfect example of like, no, actually there wasn't really anything going through my head except I was just frustrated. And we on the other side are like, she must be freaking out. (laughs) How could she be so calm? Yeah. So did yeah. you know Valerie, speaking of Valerie, did you know she was pushing as close as she was? I mean, did did Jeff or did you check on the last hole to see what needed to happen? Uh, I didn't check scores the entire week. I'm pretty sure Jeff was probably checking every hole. Um, every time, I think on hole 16, I asked him because I think I putted and like the crowd just went crazy. And it was a different type of like crazy that I heard the entire round. So I was like, oh, girl. I feel like something's happening. Like I'm either in second or like tied for first. And then hole 17, I asked Jeff after I teed and I was like, can I just par out? Is that like an option here? And he's like, yeah, just par out. And then, yeah. Wow. wow. It, yeah. We're all like, wow. I would have thrown so- up. Yeah, what was that moment like when he's like, you can just par out? I would have rolled down the hill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was very relieving. Um, I've been in that position one time. It was Texas States where all I had to do was par out. And I think on like hole 17 or hole 18, I made it interesting by taking a bogey or two. And this time I was just like, I've been in this position. Keep your heart rate down and just keep moving with the flow. Wow. Nick, you've been silent because we took all your every, questions. You got another so one? So every single like <laughs> answer she's giving is taking my question or the question gets asked right beforehand because I was going to ask, are you someone who checks the scores throughout the round and well, you haven't, you know, full on idea of what's going on? And so that kind of asks. Keep up, Carl. Yeah, so I've got another one. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, because <laughs> okay. I, I got to think of something. So this is uh, from my perspective, this is your second large win. I don't know how you rate it. The finale in this major, do you rate them separately or is one bigger than the other? I mean, I would 100% say that the major title was is okay. number one. Um, okay. The Pro Tour is still huge, but it's like this was a real event. I don't want to mm-hmm. say that because mm-hmm. like, it still was real, but this one in PDGA is a win as a major. So it's 
definitely higher up. I, I can totally understand that perspective. So my follow-up to that is the, the other major that could be considered bigger, and I'll let you decide that, but would be a world title. Is that the next goal? Because you said this was one of them. Is worlds the next goal? Yes, 100%. Yeah, that's the one I'm really, really after. <laughs> okay. Do you, like the, do you like the courses out in Emporia? Courses are fine. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the weather is like that kind of that kind of the year. So I don't know. Is it supposed to be super windy? Like? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, if someone in the chat is from Emporia, please. Yeah, I'm, let me hop in real genuinely quick. Genuinely curious. And say Haley won DDO last year. So I I think she's currently certainly capable of playing yeah. well at those courses. Great point. No, absolutely. Great point. Um, I guess kind of a question, and I'm going to try to formulate it as I'm talking to you about it, but. You've played nine tournaments so far this year. And I think Katrina, I was just looking, Katrina Allen's played about 15. And so you've taken some weeks off to kind of, and you've said this multiple times, just working on yourself, working on your mental game. You moved out to Charlotte recently. Now, is a lot of it to work on yourself or do you not want to do that weekend, like every single weekend grind, like the kind of pro tour players are doing right now? Well, it's it's a big play of both. Um, I don't think... For me as a player, I should. I don't think it's necessarily healthy for me to be out there 54 weeks of the year. Um, and being home, like, it is good for me to be home so I can rest up and so I can win the next mm -hmm. event. Because if I'm on the road 24-7, it, it's extremely exhausting for me. I love driving, but the touring aspect is very hard for me. And, mm -hmm. yeah, i am got to figure that one out still. Yeah, no, definitely. So I heard Hannah off screen say, well, she acknowledged mm -hmm. when you said it's tough. It's like, it's, you know, being on the road and all that stuff. It's not the best for you. Um, I just wanted to ask because it came up in your post round interview, a, a few th significant things, emotions and all that. But I, I felt like, and this is just for me, maybe nobody else cares. Innova has kind of filled a role since you've taken them. And I felt like it's always been significant to you more than maybe to anybody else which makes sense but we didn't hear any like deals announced beyond like hey maybe timeline or things of that nature but you've always commented on like they're they're a great support system for me and you've you've elaborate can you elaborate on that like what has innova been for you as a sponsor uh that you were looking for well i mean they listen to me as a player on the course and then a person off the course so I came to them with a few of my current and old problems and I was just completely open and honest about it. And they worked with me about it, you know, like they, all the team, everybody on the team, my team captain, Jennifer Allen, Jeff Panis, even Joe uh, Rotan, he and Dave, they all constantly reach out to me and they just make sure that I'm doing all right. And if I need help, they're going to like make sure that I get the help that I need. And like, we have, we have acknowledged that I plan to be here for a long time and I am going to be here for a long time. So they trust me, I trust them, and we just want to make it work together and have a real, really good partnership. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it should probably go without saying, like, we're not going to see an off season announcement. You're moving somewhere else this coming year. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can change that, obviously, but I just had to ask. Hannah, you got something else? Yeah. So, um, we talked about this trend uh, last year a lot because obviously coming off of COVID um, into 2021, 
it felt like this golf was just back. Like we hit the ground running and it was like every single week. And then the summer was like fully booked up. And the one woman who wasn't fully booked up was Kristen Tatar. And she came over from Estonia one, you know, I think she took like fifth at Worlds and then won a bunch of events and, and just did the thing, made a bunch of headlines, a bunch of money, and then went home. And everyone was like, well, are you coming back? Like, are you coming to the Pro Tour Championships? Like what? You can do that? Like, wait a second. Like you just came, stole all of our money and trophies and then went home. And now you're just at home with your cat. Like what's going on? And so this trend started happening, like this idea kind of popped up with Kristen uh, and for Europe, uh, European players as well, where you can just kind of pop in, play a leg of the tour, be super relevant if you're good enough and you're dedicated enough, and then come off of it, heal, rehab, take time off and still be relevant. Like you can still have a dynasty and not be at every single silver series and every single event, every major, you know. Um, was that something that sort of weighed into your decision? Like, was that kind of, do you feel like her doing that other people sort of doing that normalized it for you when you took that to Innova and was like, Hey, you know, I need to not be out every single week. Like, that's not the best. I'm not going to put up the best scores if I'm doing that. Uh, I didn't really know that they all did that. I didn't really like put two and two together with, uh, Europeans, but that is just something that I felt that I needed to do for myself. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, I came up with the idea for myself. I don't know. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's sick because like, I don't know. It's easy to be like, Oh yeah, well that's kind of what people are doing now. But you kind of just, you didn't even realize that you just advocated for yourself that heavily. Mm. That's dope. I, I see Haley as a very independent uh, individual. Is that accurate description? You feel like Haley? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I say, what do people think misconceptions about you? are like, I don't know. I say it's independent, right? I don't know. <laughs> you, I got to get to know you better so I don't have to ask the question. So um, anyways, uh, so let me ask this because I thought there was also some relevance to the fact that it was in social media. It was on the, the live feed. They talk about the idea that like, hey, this is her home state, not necessarily her home courses, but like as a competitor in disc golf here and it is your state, you know, residence for so long. Did what were the feelings around this at all? Like, did it have any special feeling to you? What did it mean for you to be back in Wisconsin? Yeah, it definitely was special. Like, that's not not enough words to describe how I felt. Um, as a lot of people know, that Mad City Open was one of my first amateur events in 2016. And I met so many women, so many men of, that just play the game. And it was really cool to come back there six years later and see the same faces and be able to catch up and stuff like that. So from the second I got back into Madison, like I just felt a bunch of weight just be relieved. And I felt back at home, even though I've only played Elver a couple of times, never played Token Creek. But it was it was really cool to go home and just see all those people because a lot of people from hours away in Wisconsin that I've known they came down and they watched just to support me because we're best friends type stuff so it was like it was really really cool for that so it sounds like the perfect yeah. storm came together and I mean Haley storm right or hailstorm or hail it was the perfect you storm in a good way yeah in a good way like it home state you got the feels from that 
Um, you said you were in a good place, mental clarity. Everything together worked in your favor, and I don't think we can talk about the mental side of the game enough. Players who are really doing well usually have a pretty good handle on their mental game, and so that's exciting to see for you, Haley. I don't have any more questions, which some might find got, incredible, but Nick, you've, yeah, you sat I've around I've got kind of, a, kind of a two-part question, and I think this is kind of a question that you know, is looking at you as an FPO, like a phenomenal athlete. One is, what did you think of the courses? Okay. Uh, I right. thought Because my second, my second one's going to be a little longer, so I didn't want to like <laughs> all bunch it in and just be like, oh, what was that again? So one, what did you think of the courses? I thought the courses were fun and it showed you a little bit of Wisconsin golf. Now for a major, do I think it was the best courses? No, but was it a huge improvement from all the other years? Yes. So I think we are going in the right direction. And I do believe that these courses also allowed there to be more competition. It wasn't so mm -hmm. if you can throw 500 feet, you're going to get mm -hmm. seven strokes, you know? So I think it leveled out the playing field more than a lot of the pro tour events. So that was really cool to see. And then kind of like the second part of that question is, and this is just something that I've been reading in the chat, kind of, I didn't see it too, too much from the coverage that I was able to watch, but the baskets, people complaining about the basket. And I guess my opinion is one, did you have any issues with the basket? And then two, or my questions, one, did you have any issues with the basket? And then two, do you kind of feel like there should be a higher standard? You're going to a major, you're about to compete. And for something as simple as like consistent spit outs, and I get it, every single basket is going to have a spit out, don't get me wrong. But when you see it happen over and over and over again, it's kind of a different story. So I, I would say my second part of that question is like standardization of baskets. Do you feel like that should be something that comes into play more for the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour? Yeah, so for spit outs, I'm probably the worst person to ask their opinion on it because I will always find something that I did wrong in order for that. To up. Doesn't matter if it's a cone basket or a mock yeah. pen, right? Yeah. Um, now, I do, I really do think there needs to be a standard of baskets. It was crazy how we went from Mach fives, like 20 year old baskets, to uh, what was it, chain stars mm -hmm. or disc catchers? That's what it was. It was disc catchers. So, a really new basket compared to a 20 year old basket definitely <laughs> changes the game up a bit um and that definitely needs to be fixed at least have yeah. like just have the same basket it's on the course we're going That's to tone it. holes right. and like pole holes yeah. and like it'd <laughs> yeah. be pretty funny Dude, just put just put the two lines on the tree again and yeah. there you go you hit that there's no spit outs if you hit it in between no. the lines it's good there's no, no. spit outs no. Right. it's Haley's fault if she misses or hits too high it's her fault yeah. the, the tree didn't catch it. they're gonna debates whether you know it was good or bad so so that's all i had so. uh hannah or nick any any final thoughts here and congratulations Okay. Yeah, uh, Haley, ahead, um, how was it for you to play and win this major? Like, what can it mean with when all these women signed up? Like, this was the most, mm. uh, I almost said most popular. This was the biggest U.S. women's that we've had to date, and it's pretty historic. And then you come along and snag the dub. So, like, what does that mean? I mean, it definitely feels good, and it's, it's cool because I would have never – I mean, yeah, I could have guessed this, but I didn't think it would happen this soon. Um, mm. I'm not even 21 yet, and my goal was to get a major by the time I turned 21, and I thought that was mm -hmm. an unrealistic dream, you know? So yeah. 
for that to happen at my home course with the most amount of women is just like it's completely mind-blowing it's similar to how i felt when i won the pro tour finale in 2019 so mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to put like my uh i guess it's hard to put that on a scale for me because it's just like super cool that's it yeah oh definitely all yeah, right. it was awesome. And then I love, I love that on top of like the sentiment that you said, um, that the, the courses were so scorable for so many different women, that it really was the opportunity was there for so many women, but you walked away with like the solo win, like not even, you know what I mean? Like there was no tie, there was no playoff. It was just you at the end of four rounds. So that's pretty cool. Haley's biggest fans, like absolute biggest fans, didn't want to play off, but like fans of the sport in some weird way love to see it and Valerie pushing so hard. And I'm sure, do you have any feelings like that, Haley, when you watch other sports? You like a great game, right? Oh, yeah. I okay, see so you it get it. You get it. <laughs> We're sitting there going, oh, is Haley going to mess up the last hole? We don't want her to. But if it happens, this will be absolutely epic. So it was epic in its own way that you just took it down outright. And that's beautiful and wonderful. And we're excited for you. Um, you're attending Idlewild. Is that correct? You're there now? Yep. Currently here in Kentucky. Okay. Thank you for taking our show. You had to turn down mm -hmm. Smashbox and I get it. For once, they didn't get one. We get no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it always switches up. <laughs> it always switches up. Sometimes we don't get it because we're yeah. earlier in the week and people are traveling. Mm -hmm. So it's just we spread the love. But thank you for taking the opportunity uh, to come on here and talk to all of our fans and your fans. And uh, we people already know how to follow you. You're the just about the biggest FPO name in the sport. Hey, and intern producer Ben here. I think he has something to say or show. I'm not sure. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> go Let's get one. Note. Let's go. So for those, yeah, for those watch or listening. That's ben, three for three. Ben, he supports everybody we bring on the show, but he's he already has it in his possession before we invite you on the show somehow. So he's So I'm a everybody. big fan. I'm one of those biggest fans he was talking about. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, everyone loves intern Ben, and it's true. He somehow collects these. I always think he goes to Marshall Street Disc Golf before the interviews and buys them. Nope, but I have them. He said he has them, so that's pretty Wait, special. Wait, Ben, what is your fan base called? What's the Haley King fan base called? Um, the Kingdom. Yeah, <laughs> the the Kingers. <laughs> the Kingdom. Oh. Yeah, and I'm I'm just the jester in the court, you know. Just the jester. All right. We lost Hannah and Nick Wait. for a quick second. Oh, we boy. still have Haley. So Haley, again, we're, this back. is the longest closeout ever, but we're so excited <laughs> yeah. for you. And yeah. thank you again for coming on the show. Have a fantastic evening. We're going to make picks. Maybe you'll be in the picks for this weekend. I don't know, but we're going to do that now. Uh, we're signing you out. Have a good evening, Haley. Proud thank of you, you, Haley. Thank right. you. Have a good night, y'all. You too. Bye. Bye. <clears throat> okay, everybody. Haley King mm -hmm. and the Aww. the streaming software we're doing is getting a little bit wonky like we had that midstream where it like it said oh snap you just like closed out and i'm like <laughs> what is that I've never seen that before so anyways That's we fun. got through it that was interesting she said a lot of stuff i'm going to reflect on i'm going to listen back to because i think it plays into really who she is as a player and her development and she's said some things that were insightful for sure hannah pick one thing did anything stand out to you that you didn't know or you felt like was insightful in this interview specifically? Uh, yeah, uh, the thing that I've, I've 
always noticed about Haley, but I've never like accounted it. I've never accredited it as a strength um, before until recently is just how she maintains her own pace regardless of whatever is going on. I'm very dramatic, theatrical, you know, outgoing. So for me, I tend to match. I match energy and um, it's always been something that I feel like is the right thing to do. And with disc golf, um, it's really teaching me that when you show up to the course, right, for like a tournament day, you get to the course, you throw, you putt, you warm up, you do approaches, you do disc golf strong. Some people do that. Um, But it's very like you set your own pace. And then it feels like you walk to hole one, the tournament starts and everything shuts down, like everything slows down. And with these pro women, what I notice is like, and also notice this from Paul as well, when you get to the course, you set your own pace from the minute you wake up. Like everything that you do has a tempo, everything has a purpose. And I feel like Haley sort of lives her whole disc golf life that way. Um, she doesn't get overly excited about wins or losses. She doesn't let herself feel too deeply outwardly about anything. And, you know, maybe if you get to know her, you'll find why. Um, but I think it's really just a huge strength that she's naturally like that. Because for right. me, like, if I'm on a card, I tend to, I had to do this this weekend, which is interesting. Sorry, this is like taking a little bit longer, but it's me. So we're all used to it. Um, <laughs> so when something happens on the card, I tend to pay attention and I tend to like try to be there. Like you want to be there for the person that's on your card. You want to like match their energy, make sure that they're having a good time. There's like that weird temptation, like, you know, to be a good card mate and kind of focus on like, Oh, how did they interpret what I just said? Oh, I have to call them on this rule. Oh, what is this? You know, you, you take that into consideration. And with Haley, um, she's so mature in that way that she's just herself. Um, Mm -hmm. she doesn't really worry about that. She just lets herself come across as how she's going to come across. And, um, yeah, I really love that. I think that's a huge maturity factor and it's something that I never really considered until, um, you know, I started realizing it in my own game and like how important setting a tempo is during a warm up and all that. So, uh, yeah, I agree. The biggest thing that stuck out to me about her and that always sticks out to me about her. Yeah. And I, I went through the similar process to you. I don't remember. I was thinking through the interview and today, and I thought to myself, like fans can find themselves and they don't, fans have a right to do this, but like not a right to project on her, but fans can find themselves getting frustrated with her lack of what looks like care when it comes to like a bad throw. Cause it's like, she looks like yeah. she doesn't even care. And you're like, come on. Like we want to see you care about that and be fired up. But like, She's so level there, but even with the good throws, and this was some of my notes when I was watching the rounds is like, but it's the same thing when she's playing good. You're not mm-hmm. seeing that yeah. overreaction or even reaction at some level. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to compare to MPO or FPO specifically, but just generally the personalities that are able to do that. I think they have some level of advantage. Mental I, game I is agree. super big. Yeah, so. I think. I mean, and what, so actually really quick. We actually saw that um, a couple of interviews back 
Paige Pierce was talking about like with Simon, she was like, oh yeah, I had a conversation yes. with Simon. And we said like, oh, it's so hard to play sometimes because we just think about like what people are thinking of us. And I was like, no <laughs> one is thinking that. Like no one that's focused and 100% hungry for the win is worried about that. They don't have time to take that into consideration. And then Simon said later, like, He's like, oh, it was so stressful, you know, when he won, um, yes. I think it was Portland. And he's mm -hmm. like, everything was just clicking. Everything felt good. But he's like, oh, it, it is this added stress that you like can take on when you're someone like him that's used to performing and used to like having these fan interactions and being on YouTube. And then all of a sudden you're there and you're like, I'm performing, but I'm not really like performing. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty um, sure, Hannah, he yeah. said, I'm pretty sure he said, and again, I don't, I'm sorry, Simon. Oh, I, I was, I had a private conversation with him. I think he knows I would talk about this, but he's like, Paul Macbeth on my card made me more nervous. And yeah. it's, it's cause you don't know. I mean, I Paul's it. history, Paul's history. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's history of obviously disc golf and, and how good of a competitor he is. Like it just adds stuff like that. But I think again, Haley at least doesn't show it. We don't know what she deals with internally, but the fact that she's saying clarity was there means she's got something and she's able to grab onto it at this point. Nick, you probably had something yeah. to say, but we also have a discure discussion. You want to get to that? Yeah, just, I, well, I was going to say one last thing and no one has to answer this. It was just more on the sense of like people being, let's say upset that she doesn't seem so into it sometimes. I mean, what would you rather see that or her freaking out and, you know, flipping out on live coverage. It's kind of like, because <laughs> we see both of that. We see, you know, we see players flip out. Not as much on the FBO side, I would say. But, you know, they're, it all depends. You can't, I mean, what are you supposed to do when you miss a bad shot? Like, how is a professional player supposed to react? Tom and I'm genuinely Brady, curious baby. just Tom from, Brady. like, comments and, you know, <laughs> chat. Let me know, like, how are pros supposed to react in your eyes of, like, when they throw a bad shot? The way so, that I anyways. do, the way that I think is right is the way that they should. That's what we all think. That's what we all think. Okay, so yeah, yeah. we've made it to that point. Ben. Do, 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 do. This is the Discura discussion. Whoa, he whispered so softly. I felt weird over here. All right, next. Now, Evan was kind of the one who brought up this Discura discussion this week. So, Ben, flip it on over to Evan, and I'll let oh. him kind of roll it in. Oh, oh like man. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, lots of talk. Oh, you're not even going to shout out the website. Wow. I'm just kidding. Shout out to the oh. I was saying like, yeah, this is, this is my first time I'm kidding. I'm introducing kidding. Just throws uh, UPF 50 com. Great gear. Uh, great styles. If you look over at Nick, when the camera eventually gets on him, you'll see some awesome <laughs> swag. Evan, you have one of them. What do you think of it? Oh, you know? it's awesome. Yeah. Do I Thank am you. I getting into that now? It's great product. No, 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 no. I'm 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 totally messing with you. I'm <laughs> okay. genuinely you guys are let's, doing let's great. get on the Discord discussion. Yeah. This is uh, going well. <laughs> thanks, Hannah. So <laughs> that was super harsh. I'm sorry. They're waiting for you. Uh yeah. So we saw US women's this week at an event for all uh female divisions play at some courses that showed some high scores. And a lot of people Felt like maybe these were too easy. They're kind of amateur level courses that FPO was playing on. Some people were on the opposite side of the spectrum where they thought it was really good scorable holes for the uh, top women that we don't normally see. So getting into this is just kind of what we thought of it. But then also uh, 
it's a rotating so you see different courses every single year is in california last year it's in wisconsin this year i'm actually not even sure where it is next year do we like the rotating fact do we like the short courses or do we want it to kind of find one set location stay there that either is longer or shorter okay i had this conversation yesterday or the day before and i feel like i i heard two sides of it and so my general opinion is Let's see where it goes. I liked what Haley said, and I, I said it with my microphone muted. I said off off mic, I said, wow, good point. Because she said something along the lines of like this course, while it may be short and all that stuff, she's like, it's better than any of the courses we've had in the, the recent past. So, but that's a that can be a downside because that means if it's rotating, you're going to get other courses like that again. So like there's definitely benefit to staying at one venue. I think I would like to see it at one venue and build a story around the U S women's championship like that way. But that's my opinion. What do you think? Hannah? Now, well, uh, just really quick while it's on my head, but like now do you, everyone, do you think that it should be at Winthrop like us DGC is? No. So like, do you, do you think they should kind of go together or does us women's find their own place? And that solidifies as this is because I, I honestly, I think for you, the United States Women's Disc Golf Championships, I would I would rather see it get solidified in one place and then create history at that place with this event. I agree. The That's what I, I think would the like. prestige goes up every single year. Now, I because I love how USDGC does it. I just don't care for Winthrop Gold all that much. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but this is my a, opinion on USDGC. But, but for US, that is mm-hmm. bid out, and it's already bid out for the next years to come. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not happening anytime soon. Uh, but our opinions still matter. I mean, Hannah, would you like to see it rotate or stay where it is? I mean, or stay at, at a permanent location? I don't think people necessarily care if it stays or rotates. I think the biggest issue is always quality control changes when you have it from place to place. Like uh, it was in Michigan a couple of years ago. And I think if they had another shot to have it again, it would have been even better because they would have known what to work on for the next year. Mm-hmm. But like anything in life, if you've never done it before and then all of a sudden you have one chance, like one shot, one opportunity um, <laughs> to, to give all you got. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't do it. I wanted to do it so bad. Anyways, no, that's like the, the issue um, is that it's never good enough. Um, and at Winthrop, they've had it there for so many years. He like Jonathan Poole and crew have had, I mean, I think it's like 20 years now, um, that they've had to like perfect a product as disc golf has grown and the cameras know where the best spots are. They know how to change the course. They have complete rights to that property. Um, they have a great agreement with the university and it's like, I would love to see that happen for women's, but it's also, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest issue. If they feel like they can't have quality control to major standards with it traveling from place to place, then it needs to not be traveling from place Mm -hmm. to place. I wasn't there, but from an outsider's perspective, as we were, as I am for 95% of these events, it seemed to me like the PDGA was successful in pulling off this event. Now, you go back to last year and there was this whole at least PR debacle and it seemed like mm-hmm. even on even on-course stuff seemed like it wasn't great. Um at least that's what some people were saying. And I feel like we did not have that conversation this time around at all. There maybe on-course people were like, "Hey, the basket type or this or that or whatever it is." Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, from a fan's perspective that did not 
distort the competition at all to me. If the complaint, if the largest complaint for the weekend is, hey, the baskets had some spit outs, <laughs> I'd say that was a pretty good weekend, right? Like, yeah. right. if that's the biggest topic, that always is a topic. So that means everything else went well. Um, I'll hop in and say, like, I would I would love for this to be at one location, but it really depends on what it is. Like right now, the event is as U.S. women's. It's for all female divisions. It's for age restricted mm-hmm. pro and AMS mm-hmm. to uh, great point to open women to uh, amateurs to juniors. And so having that being rotating is super important. I think it wouldn't want to be one place because then it kind of is that place it's not really a new experience each year as you grow from a junior to an amateur to a pro uh so for this type of thing i want to see it rotate that's a great point by the way because junior worlds did that for a while and emporia dd had it for like three years or four years and it was like yeah this is no offense to dd but it you're it was like we're going back to the middle of america three years in a row it just felt like yeah let's move it so for that sake you're right but the fpo side are you going there uh not like, quite yet so if it was just fpo I'd what, like, what i want to get into is i think it would be really good to have like four locations that you rotate every year and this might be the talk with champions cup too so if that takes the place instead of this to be kind of four set locations and it's just on a rotating year so hey 2022 we played in uh wisconsin 2023 we might go somewhere else we're going to come back in 2026 to wisconsin to these same courses or at least the same kind of area uh, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Now, I would like to have courses that were a little bit like felt more pro oriented. But what I will say, I didn't mind these at all. We see huge courses each year. And I'll I'll be kind of blunt is when we kind of were talking about the OTB open and we heard it was a course for FPO in three years. I didn't like that. I don't I want FPO courses for now for what shows our today's players the best. Mm-hmm. And from taking one event to the other, you could have a blowout. You could have close matches. It's not, it's not an end all be all. You need more data, but if we go to OTB open, it was Paige Pierce and Natalie Ryan. And that was it. You go to this event. There's so many women in the mix. We saw so many different women shine who are all great disc golfers that we see every week in and week out, but maybe not going for the win. Like Maria Oliva. We've seen her plenty in the past year or so. She has shown up on lead cards. She is of that quality and she showed it. And then we had Evelina Salonen come in. We had, um, Haley King coming in, take the lead or tie for the lead going to the final round, and then Valman Hano push. Like, those are all names we mm-hmm. hear all the time. So, to mm-hmm. me, we still saw the best shine. Yeah, Paige Pierce had an off event. I think if <laughs> this event uh, came back next year, you don't see her finishing out to the top 20. She's going to be pushing for a top five finish or the win. I think Kristen Tatar would have played great here as well. So, I think this course was good. There were a lot of birdies, but when we look at the men's side, like a 12 down was the best of the weekend. 12 down being the best of the weekend isn't really all that crazy for the men's side. And we, we talk there, there is a conversation on that side too, but for women, like 12 down, I want to see more of that. I think it was awesome to see. I agree. Mm-hmm. My last, my last thought for this year discussion is that, cause it's just kind of came to me a chat. Uh, Todd Bouchard, he's been a fan of the show forever. Men's is run by Anova and women's is run by PDGA question mark as in the U S DGC. And I thought, well, why no. is that the case? And in my head, I thought, the PDGA will never, I don't see them ever saying here's a permanent location for a major as, as far as the PDGA being in charge of it as the event runner, because there'd be too much bias availability. That local region is going to benefit from the event. Da, 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 da. They're going to spread the love is how they see it. Now, if it is event owned and Innova at this point owns the title, 
it's that's why I think if you it's it's who's owning. It. I don't see this happening for U.S. women's. It won't ever become a yeah. permanent location. USDGC is owned by United States Disc Golf, which is run by Jonathan Poole, and he has he works for Innova, um, and so it's always been under like what we like to say, like the yellow umbrella. It's, it's private. Like, that's though. an Innova I mean, tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that could change in the future but it's not like innova owns that event it's just that they're highly connected to the owner of the event i guess my point Um, was with that is it's a private one and so that i can see is like people want it to be private because they get to reap all the benefits the pdga is not going to do that yeah right but that's the thing it's like that's where the quality control comes in because it's like how do you have less than a year once you get approved to get big sponsors and to you know Mm -hmm. bring like roll out the green carpet for your courses (laughs) like Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. that's not a lot of time and then once maybe maybe you have someone in town like a big business um that's like hey I want to come on next year. This show was great. Like, you know, this whole thing was awesome. I want to come on next year for twice the amount that I came on this year. And you're like, oh, well, sorry. Like, you know, one and done. Stay tuned. Sponsors of the Nick and Matt show next year. Double. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, Nick, any closing thoughts on it as we close out this gear discussion? No, those are perfect. I mean, I, I definitely, you could convince me one way or the other. I would love to see a FPO tournament straight up stay at one spot with like just prestige building every single year to it. And, um, but I totally agree. I thought Evan probably had the best point though with right now, the United States women's disc golf championship has every division imaginable, I think in the female category for the event, um, when USCGC is strictly MPO players. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely think Evan kind of had the best well, on that and- maybe we should do this. I-, I just had another idea. This is how segments are born. So for the Discure discussion, Nick, I'm going to give you a way to assign points. Like I'll give you a controller. Yeah. So like yeah. you hit the buttons like, as people talk. Yeah. Yeah. As people are yeah. talking. That'd be fun. I'll we'll, just, we'll look into that. Yeah. We'll check it out. Or well, I definitely think, especially because then, 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 then you can almost put it to like, you know, 60 seconds and answer kind of thing. You make it rapid <laughs> fire discussion. Like two minutes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Matt, do you have any thoughts on two minutes? Yeah, it's a good segment. We'll, we can save it for another time. But yeah, no, cool. I love the talk there. Um, mm-hmm. So let's do this quick. We always do this quick at the end lately for fun. Idlewild is coming up. Hannah only picks FPO. We won't make her pick MPO. But Nick, who's going to take it down at Idlewild? Simon's there for his first time ever. But who's going to take Bombing it down? Okay, oh, Simon is out of the way. Okay. Simon, is, Simon is going to that one? Yep. He left today. Oh, all right. Well, that kind of changes my answer a little bit, honestly. Ooh. So I'm thinking I'm leaning towards the side of, I think Paul's got a lot of motivation under his belt right now. And so I think we're going to see our first repeat winner at this event. But if anyone's going to give him a run for his money, I think this week, my boy, Simon Lazat. So you pick just, Paul Macbeth? I'm going to pick Paul to win it. And okay. then, <laughs> this and then, is... Um, this is incredible Phew. because I felt like I was going to have a hot pick. And for some reason, I was going to say the exact same thing. First repeat winner. And I'm choosing Paul Macbeth. My reasoning's a little bit different. He's never like generally he hasn't performed bad there. We've seen some close finishes where he could have won it. Um, mm-hmm. He's not satisfied right now. And, and it's like, 
Yeah. Either Matt's way off. She can just tell me, but <laughs> he's yeah. not satisfied. He's working hard. Too much has gone by. He hasn't. He's averaging okay, but that's not what he wants. And I feel like this is going to be the event. We saw it last year, Des Moines, after following up some performances he wasn't happy with. Uh, I think this is the one. Repeat winner, Nick. If we're both right on this, and Hannah said Macbeth, that'd be three in a row. <laughs> and and Evan, yeah. who you pick? Hey, can you do the hot thing if it's four people up? No. Ah, oh, man. I can, I can do a three. I can put... <laughs> sorry, nah. Hannah. Hold on. All right. Give it Aww. to me. Ready? Uh, Paul Macbeth... <laughs> has led going to the final round both of the last two years and has not come away with the win I know, in either of but them. But he's there. He's so, at the finish line. It's going to so happen. This I time. don't trust Paul Macbeth to finish well at this course. Come on. I don't. I'm, I was I was going a little bit there. I, she, I don't, he's trying to make the hottest take. I, I'm trying here. to get him riled up and have a fire <laughs> in his heart. Say that someone doesn't believe in him. Paul Macbeth is not good enough at Idlewild. He cannot take it down. Um, no, he, he's obviously a fantastic player. He could win it just as anyone else could. I was going to say, he's won I'm it before. You can't say he can't win it if he's won it before. He's trying to have In this today's super hot take. fields, he can't do it. In today's field, right. I don't see it. All right. Um, I am going to go a little bit wild here. I'm going to go. Wild horse. Yeah. I'm going to go with a guy who just won in Kentucky recently. Dickerson. I don't know when. Dickerson's my number two. But Matty O picking up his oh, first Elite Series wild win. Horse, wild horse. Average 10.53, I think, at the Charlie Vetner Over Open. At the Vetner. Ben, yeah. do you have anybody different? Yeah. Who is it? I'm going with Andrew Fish. Come on. <laughs> Give you the fire. Dude. Okay. No, no, I'm going with Chris Dickerson. All right. Uh, um, nope, too late. You already said it. Okay. Actually, totally forgot Chris Dickerson was going. So yep, I almost want to change all my answers Robot to chicken. Chris, but I'll keep it as Paul. Oh. Yeah, Discraft's best Dude, player, Chris Dickerson. I Chris really hope Paul so Hannah, good right just now. play this episode like as you're traveling somewhere <laughs> you're and like door. make sure. Yeah, he's locking the door. <laughs> She's there. <laughs> so oh, it's so cold out there. I make sure it. you play this <laughs> play this portion of the episode, Hannah. Play this portion of the episode for Paul to hear so you he can hear how quickly Nick says, Oh, robot chicken. She back. took the This will be, <laughs> yeah. be for sale on dollardiscolf.com or Facebook group. Okay, so with that being said, FPO, Hannah's favorite portion here. Do you want to start us out with your pick or do you want us to go? Oh, you guys can go. I say, I feel like it's going to be super crazy and the most epic stat ever for Paige Pierce going her worst ever finish placement at an event to her win, which would be a five Pete. Is that how you say it? Like it'll be her fifth, uh, fifth total. I fifth think five total would be five oh, in, in a row. row. Idlewild yeah. fifth win. I, th I think she's going to do it. If not her, it's going to be a new winner. And I don't know who that is, but that's how I'm everyone picking. else. But Paige Pierce and Ellen Widboom. Oh, good. Yeah. Good yeah. call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good call. What do you think? Uh, Evan, uh, I'm going with Katrina Allen. She has played well with here, but, just hasn't gotten the win. Uh, a lot of top fives. Uh, she's been doing good at that lately. A lot of top fives, but no wins in the season since Belton. Uh, I'm picking her to win. Nick. I'm kind of thinking Valerie Mandahano right now. You're thinking it or you're that's saying easy, it? Nick no, answer. like I'm, I'm thinking she's going to win it. Like, well, that's I, I feel pretty that's a good pick. darn good about that. That's a good pick. And Ben, and I yeah. love that FPO has so many options now. Ben, watch this. Watch what Ben's got. He's picking. Haley King, you can see it. That's the disc. Haley King. And that's a great pick. It's a great pick. B2B. It's just going to happen. Back to back. It's just what it is. <laughs> All right, Hannah, close it out with the party podcast take. Who's going to win? 
Uh, I'm going to go with Valerie Manhano as well. No, the difference from this year to last year is that Valerie, um, has a lot more distance this year and that gives you an advantage at Idlewild, but she's also very smooth and knows her pacing with her discs. So she, uh, yeah, she does a good job. And I think it's going to give her the advantage, but she's still going to be well-rounded. And also her play at Portland is like, like she went really, she won Portland, won Beaver State Fling, week off, second at U.S. Women's. Like she's trending. So mm -hmm. I think it's a good bet that she's going to take this down. one down as well. Ooh. I'm just hot right now. Dude, we need someone to call in just to argue with Evan right now. Like, yeah. wow. Evan? Are we fighting? Yeah, it's pretty Maybe. fun. I hope. Yeah, this is fun. All right. I hate to dump and run or whatever that <laughs> is. Stop. Stop. It's not a thing. It's oh, it's a thing. thing. No, hit him. Dump and run. <laughs> okay. I hate to do that, but we're getting ready to close out the show here. I do want to remind people to check into the show the next couple of weeks. I will not be here as a producer, which means you probably want to check in even more. I'll be checking in. Maybe I'll join the chat, but I'm traveling with my family, my full immediate family, my all my boys, my wife, and we're heading out to Peoria, which is where the Junior World Competition is happening, and two of my sons are competing. One will be a second time. Uh, my second oldest will be his first time. He's excited, nervous, the whole thing. So it'll be good for them. And so I'll be missing two full shows. Uh, intern Penn will hold it down. Yep. They'll line up the guests. And that's all I got. Hannah, it was fantastic having you. I think the entertainment value of you running into the other room was worth it all. Just that alone. <laughs> <laughs> and, so uh, let's... I'll keep you guys updated on this. If you take any of the other Macbeth ones. I actually love that disc. Um, That's awesome. So this, this is kind of the plan because I already have a guest already lined up. Oh. When Hunter wins, he can be our guest live in person. He might when be you guys busy, are back. though. He might be traveling. Well, what know? about if well, when, Tanner wins? When you get, yeah. When you guys either or, we could have them both. Dual you know? guests. Yeah. Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Just like we'll start doing the brother-sisters thing. That's pretty exactly. cool. When you're, when you're back, you know, we'll have them both on. Wow. That would be great. So, Nick, you've watched them grow up and play. I'm sure it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see how they finish out. I will say this. we got to close out, but the divisions at Worlds this year for juniors, I've watched it since the first rollout of standalone Worlds. This has to be the most competitive year ever. I'm talking like oh, like 50% of the 12-year-olds are over 900 rated, and they're, they're 12 or younger, Whoa. and it's like crazy. Wow. Uh, and then you just keep going up from there. It's just so the reality is it's getting much, much, much harder to win at Junior Worlds. Yeah. And if you win it, the title should be that much more important. But good luck to both of my sons for sure. I'll check back in and let people know how that is when I get back. Um, but Nick, we made it to that point in the show where you get to close it out. So go for it. We have. Everybody, thank you for tuning in tonight. Hannah, thank you for joining in. We love all the conversations you bring to the table or the multiple tables that we have because um, we're all away from each other. Uh, anyways, thank you, everybody, for coming on tonight. Chad, thank you for being incredibly awesome. Don't forget to leave a like on the video. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, leave a review, comments, anything like that. We'd love to read them and try to talk about them the next week when we see them. So anyways, tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. That's right. Bye. Evan, Ben, Hannah, you guys are awesome. Peace out, everybody.